<laughs> it seems to be getting a lot worse. I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Okay, I guess we're live right now. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to uh, KTSC Avenue Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Marcus Sniffles, the only one that seems to be uh, alive and thriving right now. Uh, Technosai is under the weather, very, very under the weather. Uh, I believe uh, South Breeze is, uh, I guess, circling the globe or something. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, shout out to uh, El Chapa. She's gone per usual. But right now we have a uh, another regular, might as well be a, a extra host to the show. We got Rev Run in the building. What's going on? It's me. It's I. Um, not doing anything important. Not saying anything important, but, you know, I'm here. <laughs> I mean, that's what we do. We kind of just get in here, get these hot takes off. So we're just going to get right into it because I don't, I don't have a soundboard. I don't have like any transitions lined up. We're just going to get I'll straight into the these takes. Do I'll what? Make, I'll make the sounds. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? Okay. Let, we're going to, I guess, go in order of the list of the things that we got on the, on the, on the docket today. So did you see the Thor... Love and Thunder trip. You wait a second before I do this. You're you're like anti Thor, aren't you? Was that so you that said not, that? I'm not anti Thor. I'm very pro Chris Hemsworth. Call me if you ever get bored with what you got going over there. But leave your kids at home. Don't want them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm not anti Thor. I just have very strong opinions about the hard pivot from Norse god to space dweeb. Space dweeb. No, oh, it's just me here. Oh, okay, I'm back. Yeah, I just have really uh deep opinions about how, like, you know, we had Thor one and two, which you know, people love or hate. You know, you can go either way, but it was very steeped in like mythology and like Nor- Thor was just a very serious character, and then he left, uh, and went to Sakar and was like dumb. <laughs> I think. Back- they probably just went a little bit too far in in that one direction because, like, if you if you go back and look at it, like Thor one and two kind of got a bad or hang on, Thor one I think got a bad rep. A lot of people put that as like one of the worst uh, Marvel movies. I, I watched that recently. I was like, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as you as people make it seem it to be. But um, I think Thor two was a little bit too much uh, about uh, Loki and his story, which is. That we're gonna get into that when we talk about this uh, trailer, but um, did you see the the trailer for Love and Thunder at all? I did. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Um, or the cool. teaser trailer. That was cool, you know. And again, Thor, the anti-fat Thor. So you know, Thor's got to get skinny within the first ten minutes, uh, and then commence the hijinks. <laughs> I think this one has has a little bit of potential to uh, maybe rectify what they've been doing as far as like um going from the way too serious to the way too funny and try to like maybe meet somewhere in the middle because the uh the writer of the movie i think he does a pretty good job he directed the last one and i think he does a pretty good job as far as balancing funny and serious so i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that and also with the uh, christian bale being the villain in this i think it's going to have a lot of potential to kind of show a little bit more than just the funny, you know, quirky side of uh, what Thor has to offer here. I also said that, also, I mean, at this point, whatever they do with Thor, like, I believe this is Chris Hemsworth's 
final film as score. So like, oh, I don't think that. I, I think he might. I think he's got maybe two or, or maybe not solo films, but I think he's going to be Thor for at least. I could see him being Thor for like one more solo movie and then making an appearance in like an Avengers type movie. I would like him to not. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would wow. like this to be the last time we <clears throat> see Hemsworth as Thor. I don't know. I'm just ready to move on from the Avengers of old. That we still got a couple that are hanging around. Uh, we still got Hawkeye still hanging around. Who knows if. Uh, Natasha Romanoff will show up. Uh, I hope she. Oh, I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah, I'm good does. on that. They can just let let that one go. You're like you're you're good. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was more. There were more Thor films, uh, but I am. I wouldn't say that I'd be excited after Love and Thunder. I will say, as far as the character goes, I think the version of Thor that I'd like to see more of is the version that we got in Infinity War. I thought that was the best uh, depiction of that character as far as like being um, serious and showing showing some range and showing some emotion as far as like everything that he was going through and how like the uh, like he it felt like he had something to do. He had something to prove. It was just like like he got beat by Thanos in the very beginning of the movie. Like he got beat so bad they didn't even show it. And it's like he has he has something he has to do and he has to be like, um, I, I have a a purpose now whereas like in other avengers movies he was just kind of just there to just like pick up loki and that's one thing loki in marvel movies is becoming my uh featuring little baby like i'm <laughs> i'm done with loki being in thor movies he was in he's been in three thor movies he's been in two event or three avengers movies and it's just like i'm ready to move on from that character i think uh loki and thor have gone in such I don't want to say completely different directions, but they've uh, become like separate characters that don't really need each other anymore. Like you had to introduce Thor with Loki and Loki with Thor in the beginning because people weren't very familiar with these characters. Um, But now people have quote unquote relationships and enjoy both of these characters for separate reasons that we don't really need to see them together anymore. Um, I just don't don't know what else there is for them to do. Like they've done everything there is to do. And Thor, I appreciated in uh, Infinity War and the beginning of Endgame um, because I don't I don't know that the writers always handled the seriousness of like Thor's trauma. Like he lost his mother, he lost his dad, he lost his brother, he lost uh, his home. Like, he's lost a lot, and then he couldn't even save his friends from, like, set certain death um, at one point and, you know, had to come back and put the, the, the pieces back together. Um, I think they handled that with a little too much humor, uh, which... You're talking about Endgame, right? Yeah, well, it, Infinity War into Endgame. I think there were... I don't know. I don't want to say Thor can never be funny. Like, of course, I, there's long been the discussion that, like, Marvel infuses too much humor into their superhero content. Um, and I think I'm, I may be getting to that side of the argument, but I don't know. I just feel like at certain points, um, especially in Endgame, towards the the middle, the, the second act of Endgame, like Thor's trauma was never handled as seriously as I think it probably should have been. I think that's fair criticism because I think the moment um, when Thor was going off to get the new weapon with the uh, rocket, and Rocket was pretty much saying like, "Hey, what's what's been going on with you?" And Thor's like, "Hey, all this stuff has happened to me." Like, I've lost everybody in my family. I've lost all my friends. I've lost my planet. I lost my hammer. I lost everything. Like, I literally have nothing. 
I can't, there's nothing else I can lose here. And that, that scene, I feel like is where they kind of should have stayed at with that character. They should have kind of delved in a little bit more and explored that side of him in Endgame as opposed to just kind of making him a punchline where it's yeah. just like, oh, well, now he's fat and plays video games all day and he doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want to be a hero. And it's just like, they, they I feel like they try, kind of teased it at the beginning of Endgame with him kind of just being like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, cut his head off and just be done with this. And, you know, I agree with the, the criticism that has been made. Um, for I think this has potential to be a, a fun, like, blockbuster-type movie, but uh, I, I'm curious to see if they can kind of find a, a middle ground or a balance between, like, super funny and super serious. Yeah, I hope they can. I mean, I'm I'm probably gonna go see it. Like I like Chris Hemsworth. I don't I don't mind the Guardians. Um, I just you know have uh you know things to say feelings about uh the space dweebs and how we only again how Thor's never really had to deal with the trauma of what happened to him. Like he just jokes it off and is like, "Nah, you had the right to be sad, and I'd like to see you be sad on camera, not just for the sake of like, oh, he's sad and mopey, but I just would like to see him." deal with that um i don't think we will so this will be just like a fun you know 80s inspired very great soundtrack having movie like it's it's something that you could watch with the entire family um there'll likely be some one-liners and some jokes that are funny and will make for great memes and and quotes on the internet um but i don't think it'll be um a movie that like is very it's something that you like have to go see it. I don't. I don't know that it'll be um, a Black Panther or something like that. <laughs> right. Uh, well, one thing I will give the Thor movies, at least the last two, they've been very strong in the villain department. I felt like Hello in the last movie. I wouldn't mind if they, and they're not going to do it, obviously, because it's you know you can only do so much with these actors. But I would have loved for them to bring her back as a character, or even made her as big of a threat as Thanos was. Like I thought that she was that interesting and. She was that powerful. Like she was that powerful that she had to be put off into another dimension or realm or whatever. So it's, it seemed like she could have been an issue. And then having uh, Christian Bale sign on to do this, he's a very like he's one of the top actors going right now. So I feel like he wouldn't sign off. Yeah, I would have liked to see more Bella. Um She deserved more. Having to deal with his father's problems. Um and his his evil siblings. Like I don't know. I would have loved to see more of Hella. I don't I don't know that the MCU has a lot of good strong female villains. Um and Hella was one of them. And so I would have I would have liked to see more of her. Yep, that's fair enough. Uh, well, well I think it's it comes out in what July, mid early July. So it comes out after uh Doctor Strange 2, which I'm not saying I'm not excited about Doctor Strange 2, because I am very excited to see that movie. I bought you know, I already had my tickets and all that stuff. The only thing that gives me pause and concern is they're going to be introducing a lot of things as far as like, it's going to be him. It's going to be Wanda. There's going to be multiple Dr. Stranges. There's going to be another character introduced, uh, America Chavez, I believe her name is. And this movie is only going to be a little over two hours long. Yeah. And the Spider-Man movie was like two and a half hours long. So it's like, how did they, how did they not, how, how is this movie that much shorter than 
the last Spider-Man, which obviously had a lot of stuff going in it, but there was a lot of fat in that movie that they could have trimmed out. Like they didn't need everything. They didn't need every character. Like there, there was, I feel like if there was going to be a two and a half hour movie, Doctor Strange 2 would be that. And that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause about um, that movie. I imagine that this movie is cut short. And obviously I don't know this for sure, but I imagine it's cut short because we've seen, we may have seen uh, some of the plot in What If. Um, it seems like mm-hmm. a lot of what is shown in the trailers are just like shot for shot recreations of the animated series. So maybe that's why it's not as long because they just expect the audience to have had some of this information before. And like if you're, you know, two two Doctor Strange movies deep, deep, then maybe you'll they assume that you'll have that prior knowledge and they can just kind of move on with the the film. But I, I am excited to see it. I'm excited to see what the multiverse means uh, for this entire universe. I hope that we never have to see Wanda again. That's no shade to Emily Olsen. I enjoy her, but I'm I, I mean it when I say I'm ready to move past the like core group of Avengers. You're just shooting from the hip today. That's what's going on. We're just shooting from I the mean, hip tonight. I don't, I don't di- like Wanda sad because she lost her robot. Like I know that's sad. That's really sad. You lost your robot. You lost your the fig- your figment of imagination, kids. Um, but like, why do we care? <laughs> why are you ruining everybody else's life? Something that you created, like you can. You did that. You could create them again, can't you? Just do yeah, it again. She, Just she, don't mess with everybody else. Putting people through hell for like her own fault. <laughs> for her fake family, but I mean, white woman tears. You know, they That's they they are they are undefeated. It's very Republican of her. <laughs> So we're going to make a uh, terrible transition and get into someone that is equally, if not more terrible, as a human being. Um, and that's going to be uh, Trey Songs. <sighs> yeah. uh, Trey Songs has been apparently wiling out, like, on Mr. a regular. Feel your girl without. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know they were calling him that. <laughs> no, I, just, I just did that today. Feel free to <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure to I'll be sure to, to steal that one, but we'll credit <laughs> you for that. But yeah, Mr. Still Mr. Feel Your Girl <laughs> is out here with the with the nasty hands being super uh weird around women and being an all-around creep slash sexual assaulter slash potential rapist slash I'm going to be the next R. Kelly of this generation and He's there's there, the rest. I say that <laughs> there, there's a lot of like stories in the industry that people just know about him, like that are now starting to seem to just kind of leak out, and people are just like, yeah, he's got a problem. Like his the things that he's done and his you know documentary is going to be it's going to be a very very bad look for him, and he might end up being uh, uh, locked up here, and it's. I've seen a couple, like I saw the the most recent video where he like had some white girl like pulling her top down or something like that. And I saw that video. I'm like, yes, yeah, a rat for you, dog. Like that that girl's uh, dad is probably like a lawyer somewhere or like owns some Fortune 500 company. So that dude's about to own your masters. You, you mess with the wrong one. It's so weird. It's weird on a couple of different fronts. I'll say it's weird for the people who say, why would Trey Songz need to assault someone? It's like, why does anybody need to assault? Any, like, nobody, it's not a need. Like, yeah, that's weird. fair. <laughs> you don't have to do this, Trey. Yeah, you can just not. 
So, I mean, the only thing it, pop, it points back to is, like, power. Some people are, like, really, really weird about power, and they pick on vulnerable groups. Uh, yeah. His is the top tier of weird by repeated, repeatedly sexually assaulting women. And then I just wonder, like, how long is it going to take for this nigga to face some, like, repercussions? Like, when is he going to face criminal charges? I need it soon. And I think that's a lot of the the issues issues in this country when it comes to things like that. Like, if you're as a woman, when you see stuff like this, even like a woman in the music industry or in the entertainment industry, and you see um, people or men like Trey Songs behaving in that manner and not, you know, getting checked for it, not being told anything, not being told to stop, not being told to be like, hey, man, like, let's stop being a creep around women and you don't feel like you have the power to like say anything because at the end of the day, Trey Songs is a pretty big star uh, and he has male privilege in this situation. Like he's the, the power, he's a, he's a, the person with the most power, the most money, the most notoriety. And you're just some, you know, quote unquote groupie just trying to get a bag off of this dude. And it's just like, who are you supposed to tell? Who's supposed to believe you? And it just seems like a lot of people already know like a lot of people knew about r kelly no one spoke up about it and it seems like a lot of people know about your songs and are not speaking up about it and i'm not talking about just the victims i'm just talking about people in general like men around to people in the studios people at the parties like they know these things and nothing is happening <laughs> well I, I think that they don't speak up because then once they speak up now you're like oh i know it ain't you talking no I, I know this is who i think it is <laughs> So it's just gonna be a circle of like, oh, oh, okay. So we're doing it like that. Well, maybe I'll tell your business. Like, I think that was a lot of, of it with R. Kelly. If you expose yes. R. Kelly, then you have to be like, oh, well, I brought them little girls over there. Or, oh, I was the one who actually falsified those documents for this weird nigga to marry Aaliyah. Like, it opens up a can of worms that I think um, other lesser known abusers don't want to open because then now you have to face the backlash for what you were doing. Why were you allowing women to be? abused in your presence why were you're, you continuously bringing women over there what women have you abused like you're an enabler know. you're an yeah. enabler at that point you're just like hey i'm fine with this behavior and i'm going to just allow this to happen and it's it's like why why does someone like trey songs feel comfortable doing that around you because it, it, it's to the point where he's not he's not doing this in private or he he is doing this in private but he's also doing this like in public in public where people can't see him it's like, also the lack of consequences for him. Like, he, there were no consequences when Kiki Palmer was like, hey, I had to hide in the closet from this weird nigga. It was no consequences when he punched a cop in the face at a Kansas City Chiefs game. Like, he don't face no consequences. And the more you keep getting by, like, with, with no fire behind you, the more you feel like, oh, well, I'm going to just keep doing it. Like, I'm, I'm Trey Songz. I can do whatever I want to do. And so no, it was, it was jokes like, with Kiki Palmer. Yeah, it was it was he he oh what what you doing hiding in the closet blase blase but it's like okay you just enabling a weirdo to keep being a weirdo. Well, that's and a now, club for you. Yeah, <laughs> well, I got my shout out Are to we... Envy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god. Yeah, that's everything I expected. I did not expect anything more from him. But yeah, you know, one weirdo you know enables other weirdos, and then it's just a circle of weirdos in Hollywood. Oh my gosh! Yeah, shout out to DJ Envy and his wife because Jesus, Jesus, that lady like, got live television. And said, "I don't know what an orgasm is like with this nigga." 
<laughs> She's like, I've been putting on Oscar-worthy performances in the bedroom for the last five years. Pleasure, never heard of her. I'm like, are you serious? Like, what is it that you're doing? Like, you just like you just don't care. And that's the thing. Or you know what? We're just gonna do this. We're gonna just go right into that. With that. <laughs> this wasn't on the list, but I, I've been uh, shout out to South Breeze. He told me to watch this. There's this uh, Netflix uh, documentary series called "The Principles of Pleasure," and it's essentially about how trash sex is for women. And I started watching that, and then the whole DJ MB thing came on. I'm just like, why do women have sex anyway? Like, what's the point? Why? Because it's for them. Come like up until now, it just seems like it's not worth it. Because it's like, you know, it's like thirty percent grocery store. It's like you gotta go because you, you, <laughs> like, you you gotta go. Like it's a part of adulting. Like I can't be in the house with no cheese, but you don't. Like true. It. It's not fun. <laughs> it's just like at, so. You're telling me like. 30% of the time I'm a busting nut here? Like, no, I don't want to do this. Because you tell me that there's seven times where it's, it's not happening? Yes. That, those percentages are not great, especially when you consider uh, the flip side to it. So if, like, I think they did, they had, like, a graph or, like, when it came to, to orgasms, like, straight straight men is, like, 99%. I think uh, lesbian women is, like, in the high 90%. Gay men is in the high 90%. But straight women is like twenty three percent. You're just like, hey, I'm just here. Whatever happens, happen. If I get it, I get. It. If not, then it was a good try, a good good effort, guys. You know, break out like some of these songs, oh. <laughs> but most of them probably won't. Yeah, most of these are most of these are just filler. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to get to the next song. You get through it, so you can have something to talk about later. <laughs> and it's like you know what like i now is it i'm not saying now i realize it but it's like if you're out here just if you know that all right i can either have bad sex for free or i can get bad sex and get paid for it like i'm not shaming you for that like i get it because it's just why not get you because you're not getting anything physical out of it so you might as well get something of some sort of value like okay. you're gonna get your lights you're gonna get your light bill paid or you're gonna get your card note paid or get flowed out, flewed out somewhere, get you a nice little bag. Like, if that's what it takes, knowing those odds, I, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. Like, you might as well get your money because you're not getting nothing else out of this for the most I part. I also implore women to not lie, and I know it's like we Oof. have to lie about a lot of things in relationships. I'm yeah. sure men have to do their fair share of like you know extending the truth a little bit, um, but don't lie. Like, it's fine. It, it, it's 2022. If it wasn't fine, boo him in the Oof. middle. Boo! Just do it. Like if you're not having fun, no need to continue on with that. Uh, just like just like, get that wrap it up box. Like hey dog, this ain't this ain't yeah, working dog. Start playing the Sandman music from a Bluetooth speaker. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, fake like you sleep. Fake like you sleep. Just go to sleep. Or you can do the G and Casey. Wait thirty years and then get on national television and be like everything was awful. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> So bad. Like I, I'm trying to understand why they did that. Like hit, like DJ Envy and his wife are like going head to head, neck and neck with Will and Jada. Like they're just like, oh, Will and Jada aren't really, you know, they're kind of doing their thing. Now nah, let's do that. We need to keep up with them. And it's like they're not even a celebrity couple that anybody cares about. I've never seen anybody be like DJ Envy and his wife is girls. Like who cares what y'all are doing in y'all relationship? You even wrote a whole book about it for who? Why Who's did you reading that? This? <laughs> Who 
who is reading that book and who asked for that? How did that get greenlit? Because like I, I I saw it, but I I'm still unsure of DJ Envy's wife's name. Like I don't know what her wife's name is, his wife's name is. I just figured it out. <laughs> Funny enough, I was scrolling through YouTube yesterday. And it was a lip service episode. I do not listen to lip service. Um, but it was like Gia Casey. And I was like, I know that lady from somewhere. Did I meet her? And then it, <laughs> I Google her name and it was, it was DJ Envy's wife. I was like, oh, okay. Because I don't know who that woman is. And in six weeks, I'll, I won't remember her name. We'll go through the cycle all over again. I don't know who she is. And I don't care to know what goes on in her relationship with DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlotte McGay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna remember her name until I re-listen to this episode on Tuesday when I have to like tweet it out. So like she's it is what it is. At this point, like if I'm DJ Envy and I'm doing stuff like that and I'm out here putting my business out there, like shouldn't you be like one of the best DJs of all time? Like, is he great at his is he good at his job? I've like, never heard DJ Envy DJ anything. And that's not because he doesn't. It's because I literally do not care. It's <laughs> just sorry. like it's one thing to have like your family business out there like that but it's like you know at least with will smith and jaden they can they can point to what they've done as individuals and as uh, as a couple and be like hey well we've done all these things like will smith has his uh movie career and tv career jada has a tv career and a movie career they both had a hand in raising uh uh jaden and willow who are accomplished in their own areas and it's just like we can at least look at that but with with DJ Envy, I can just be like, you're the light-skinned dude that gets made fun of on The Breakfast Club? Like, what is it that you do here? Like, I, I know he gets money and all that, but, like, who are you? <laughs> like, why are I you here? celebrities as a whole to divorce themselves from the notion that we have to know their business. Like, I know there was a point in, like, celebrityism where it was tabloids and, like, guess who's dating who? Come back to us at 6 o'clock on Entertainment Tonight. But, like... Don't please don't tell us no more about y'all. The more I know about celebrities, the more I dislike all of them. So please leave me some mystery and leave us alone. Well, it's like the more you the more you learn about celebrities, the more you start to appreciate uh, artists like Kendrick and Beyonce. And they're, they're, I mean, there's not that many of them. There's not that many artists that are just like you know what. I'm just not gonna be out here every day just talking. Just like when I realized that I had never seen either one of J. Cole's kids, I was like, he's doing it right. I don't the, need to see them kids. I don't know him. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Like whatever, it's fine. But there was a there was a moment. There was a moment when his when his album came out and he announced his his kids on the album on the record uh, on the on For Your Eyes Only. A lot of people thought that he had a daughter. Like they thought that he had a girl because he kept rapping about a daughter. And they even like wrote blogs and put it in the news. Like J Cole announces he's had a daughter, and he never said anything like confirming or denying it until like a couple years later when he had another kid. And it's like, oh, he's got boys. I'm like, I thought he had a daughter. And it's like, nah, he's he's got two boys out here. Like, it's, I'm like, okay. and I appreciate that. I don't haven't seen Kendrick Lamar's child. I don't Nothing. want to. I don't care what y'all got going on in y'all's private life. I don't care who y'all dating. I have gotten, uh, well, I do care that Damson Idris is cheating on me. But you know what? Like, Publicly. that's business. Publicly. Like, the kid, me and the kids are at home confused. We thought he was coming back. Um, I mean, is it cheating if y'all are in an open relationship, though? That's true. Uh, that's You know what? That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I wish celebrities would tell us less. Get off the internet. You don't have to be on, on uh, Instagram every 10 minutes. I don't care. I unfollowed Jordan Woods because I was like, I don't want to see Carl Anthony Towns anymore. 
stop assaulting me with your relationship. Like, I don't follow Lori Harvey. I don't want to see Michael B. Jordan anymore. Stop assaulting me with your relationship. Like, please leave us alone. Just be who you are. That's fair enough. So we got a, I got a gram in here. What's up, man? Oh God. Okay. You know what? We're gonna. We're just gonna move on. So <laughs> I don't know if you actually saw this. Uh, this video that's been going around that I uh, that's on the internet. Uh, apparently, this couple got married for five hundred dollars, and I thought that was pretty interesting. And, and they got married five hundred dollars. They what? Their wedding was five hundred dollars. Everything that they did was for five hundred dollars. So like they they it's a, this is black couple out in California, and there was uh they on the story they did like a little uh they had like a graphic like what the average cost of weddings is and the average cost of weddings in California. I think the average wedding they said was like like twenty two thousand dollars. Oh my god! And then in California it's like thirty five thousand dollars. So they what what essentially what they did is they had to do a lot. They had to get a lot of help. They have a very uh large family and a lot of the family members like you know it's it's one of those it takes a village type things where it's just like you know the god mom cooks the dinner the the brother djs for you the uh your aunt takes pictures it's like it was a lot of things like that she found her dress for like 47 dollars. they got married on the freeway okay where you can see and it was a nice view but it's just like it's this idea of of people thinking that the nicer the wedding, the better, the better the marriage, or the more important the marriage is. And I, I, I honestly, I'd like for them to check back with this couple just to see like how they're how they're doing. Because it's you know, people there's a lot of people that would look at this and say, oh, well, these people are cheap. These people are you know, they don't. He doesn't care about her. Or she doesn't care about him. Things like that. So I'm interested to see like if in five years or and I, I'm I'm root like I I. Don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think the idea of people spending like over $20,000 on a wedding is kind of insane. Yeah. I mean, that's like student loan territory. That's like a semester yeah. of college. Uh, I mean, I've been to really extravagant weddings and I think they were beautiful and I wish those couples the best. Like, I, it's all based on your preferences. Like, what do you think both of you all can afford? If yes. I was getting married and I could afford a $500 wedding and I, I loved every bit of it from beginning to end, then I absolutely would spend five hundred dollars on my wedding. Like, if I could, you know, if you go get married in Vegas and that's been you and your partner's dream, then do that. Like, I think <clears throat> weddings again wrapped up in celebrity culture of like we spend a long time seeing very extravagant celebrity weddings with like three outfit changes and like you're getting married at the Louvre and like total is one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars for a wedding, um, and like normal people wanting to live and mimic those lives have uh, made weddings more of a spectacle than they probably need to be. Uh, but I've always been of the camp of like, if you want to spend $30,000 on your wedding and you and your boo feel like that's something y'all, a debt y'all want to incur, then I'm all for it. I'm going to show up at your wedding and I'm going to drink the champagne just like I would if your wedding was, you know, $900 and was in your grandma's backyard. Like at the end of the day, a wedding is one day and like you have to you're expected to spend the rest of your life with this person. So yeah, do what you got to do to get to that finish line. Yeah, it seems like they're fan. They had a lot of support from their family as far as like them understanding and like seeing the vision that they have, I guess, as far as like, hey, we're not trying to spend $30,000 on a wedding where maybe, where maybe we're going to save this money to get a house, down payment on a house or a car, 
saving for kids or saving for college or whatever. Like they just don't want to spend $30,000 on that one day, which is, which is not a big deal. Just, I mean, you, you celebrate how you want to celebrate. There's some people that want big weddings and some people who don't want weddings at all. Like it, it is what it, you don't have to, you don't have to show off for everybody, but I will ask this question. If you were to get married, what's the one thing that you wouldn't go cheap on? Like, what's the one thing if it's like, it's, it's going to cost you a little bit extra for this particular part of your wedding, whether it be, let's say, like the ring, the dress, venue, DJ, food, drinks, location, venue. What is something that you would not go cheap on? Definitely entertainment. Like, I, I, I don't know. I go back and forth with what, like, what I'd want out of a wedding. Some days it's like this really extravagant wedding, um, like on Crazy Rich Asians, where that they had that beautiful. Like yeah. it's something like that in my head, but I'm like, that's like fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. You ain't got that. <laughs> and then, and sometimes I'm like, oh, it'll just be like a quaint little wedding with like fifteen people. Um, that's not possible either because I know at least twelve people. Uh, I got like twelve friends, and that's like not even counting my family. Um, but the one thing I know I would never skip out on is like entertainment, which is inclusive of like a DJ and drinks. I think cash bars are the tackiest thing you can ever subject wedding guests to. Um, who has so cash? Like, yeah, like why are you you invited me here? Why do I gotta pay? <laughs> I gotta reach into my pot, gotta reach into my wallet for, for some wands and stuff. Like, and that and that's a different, a totally different thing. Cause like I there's sometimes there's food trucks that come into my neighborhood. We'll go up to the food truck and buy some food, and there's always like a tip jar. And I feel bad is because I can't leave a tip because I ain't got no cash. Like yeah. I've never you you will rarely see me with like a couple ones in my pocket or in my wallet. Like I just ain't got it like that. I keep $20, like, just in case. And I don't even know what you pay for with $20. Like, I've never encountered a situation where I needed $20. But I keep $20 in my wallet just in case. Um, but, yeah, like, it's got to be an open bar. And it's got to be, like, you know, pretty decent liquor. Because I can't have people at, you know, my wedding reception celebrating me with McCormick in their cups. Like, you know, Thanks. I'm not going to be one of them niggas. So, if, yeah, one thing I can't go cheap on, like, you can upgrade a, a ring letter, later. You know, yeah. a, who's going to care about that dress the day after you take it off? You know, you're going to give it to uh, a ceremony, like whatever. People don't even like ceremonies. But if you're going to come to the party afterwards, you should at least be able to have a good time. I know for me that um, I know my wedding was is like one of the top five days of my life for me, just because of, you know, obviously getting married to my wife and then uh having friends and family like especially like the friends that i had that i hadn't seen in a while like being able to hang out with them for that weekend and um certain family members that i hadn't seen but the main thing and the thing that i would not go cheap on is the dj like the yeah. dj dj'd his ass off that night and he just had it from 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 when we walked out to when we left he had that place going and that was probably one of the biggest factors in making uh, my wedding, uh, uh, top five day for me. So. I just feel like if you're inviting people somewhere to spend a day with you, like odds are nobody is going to care as much as you do. So if yeah. you're inviting somebody who had to like travel to you and like look okay and all of those things, like you invited somebody to a place, the least you can do is make sure that they have a good time. So if that's music, if that's food, if that's drinks, like you have, I think it's really important as the host of this otherwise very boring event to make sure that all your guests have a good time uh, that's the most important thing like for me the food doesn't matter because or at least 
if you're the person getting married, the food isn't that big of a factor because you're not really going to get a chance to eat anyway. But the, the, the DJ and the drinks, that's something that you can experience and, and enjoy. So if people come to your wedding, you actually want them to enjoy being there. Because I, I will remember your wedding, good or bad, if the if the music is bad. Like I've been to a wedding where that like it was like a super nice uh like outdoor countryside or whatever. The food was great, the reception was great. Uh, but then it came to the music side of things and it was just like a Bluetooth speaker connected to someone's phone, just put in the on a fireplace somewhere. And I was like, all right, we're we're leaving. <laughs> like I can't, I'm not staying here for this. Like you this already invited me to this hour long thing that culminates in a kiss that I can't even be part of. Like boo, <laughs> <laughs> and now <laughs> there's this Bluetooth speaker. It's playing the Macarena. Like I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was trash. I did not like that. With me, you cannot have this toast, and it was a double toaster too. It's going back to the crib. Thanks. <laughs> and I also hot take. I also feel like if your marriage doesn't last two years, I should be able to get my gift back. Yeah, because what you using it for? Why do you have espresso? You're not even together no more. Give it back. Like y'all, y'all are sitting over here deciding like who gets this. No, give it back to me. Yeah, I want that. I still have the receipt for that. It's still in the warranty. Give that to me. Give me that air fryer, please. I'll take that. So we're gonna we're gonna seamlessly transition to the next topic. And this topic has been getting my ass killed on Twitter for the last uh four days. I've been called many versions of a dick eater the last uh, four days of my mentions. <laughs> I've never been called a dick eater so many times in my life. And I would like to personally blame South Breeze for this because we were talking about something. We were talking about, uh, I think it was like Lil John or something like that and or some artist. And he, we were talking about the Migos and I was like, well, the Migos are going to be relevant long after whatever. And he was like, nah, they don't got nothing on Pooh Shiesty. And I'm like, Pooh Shiesty sounds like a one-hit wonder right now. And we kind of went back and forth about that. And then recently, the news came out that he's getting uh, five years in jail for, I guess, shooting somebody or attempting to shoot somebody or, or whatever. So me, I decided to compile some tweets that I had going back and forth with South Breeze, uh, one of which was saying, Pooh ain't going to be relevant in 2023. Pooh don't feel like a one-hit wonder to y'all. Let's come back to this in 2022. Pooh going to be a remember him in 2022. And I tweeted these things, kind of subtweeting South Breeze about Pooh And th this was all before he got arrested. Like, all this stuff happened before he got arrested. And so he gets arrested, and I kind of put those tweets out. I put them together. <laughs> and I put it next to his mugshot, <laughs> saying he's getting five years. And I'm just like, Pooh career's over. We saw what happened when Bobby Schmurder went away for some years. Our attention span ain't long enough for an artist with not much skin in the game. Hope he saved his money. Man, people got upset. People were very upset with that tweet. And I did not know that there were that many Pooh fans out there because he only has like one hit. Not saying he doesn't have many songs because he has songs. He only has one hit. And even before he got arrested, he was kind of cooling down out here in these streets. His name wasn't all that hot. So I don't feel like it was out of the ordinary for me to be like, is Pooh Shiesty a one-hit wonder? You know what I'm saying? Like, if after, if when Trinidad James dropped All Gold Everything and he got put in jail for five, five years, you know, six months after that song, the buzz of that song went away, y'all be like, ah, maybe, maybe he's a one-hit wonder. 
but with Pooh Shiesty, I'm a dick. I'm a dick eater. Like, okay, that, enough. <laughs> is is Pooh Shiesty from Chicago? I don't know where he's from. I think I he's. If he is from Chicago, that probably contributes to it. People from Chicago really love their artists. Even I'm sorry, Chicago, but like y'all haven't really turned out anybody good since like Lupe Lupe Fiasco. Like <laughs> there are not too many good artists from Chicago. I'm sorry. Like shout out to Chief Keef. I'm sure Chief Keef's great. Um, I was gonna say Dreezy. Dreezy's from Chicago. Oh yeah, I'm- shout out to Dreezy. But other than that, like you're gonna have to point me in the direction of somebody else good. I'm sorry, it's not Gierbo or whatever his name is. This year, it's not. It's not Lil Durk either. Oh God. Man. Um, Pooh Shiesty's from Tennessee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that where he reps at, or he was born there? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He like he he reps it like hard. He oh, wasn't they like, Project Pat from Tennessee? Yeah, all them three six dudes. Um, if you're not better than Project Pat, I'm sorry. <laughs> like but, John Moran in Tennessee now, you got to be better than John Moran. I don't even know if he rapped. So, <laughs> nah, what you call? Um, nah, Pooh is on a what's his name's label? He's on Gucci's app, uh, label, I believe. I, someone was selling me that. It's, they were just like, it's Gucci. They were saying, or, or uh, the other dude. <laughs> Can't think of his name now. Well, there, someone was telling me. Yo, got it. Somebody was telling me as they were telling me that I was a dickier that uh Pushai assigned to Gucci, so he should be fine as far as like going to jail because Gucci went to jail at some point, so he kind of can guide him as far as his career. Okay, but Gucci uh, post he went to jail, and that was the thing. So many people kept telling me, Well, T.I. went to jail and he was fine, Lil Wayne went to jail and he was fine, Gucci they was fine, good. he went to jail. They, Those had, dudes, they had careers, they were established actors. Like they've been out for some years now, and it's just like, yo, that's Lil Wayne. Like Lil Wayne went to jail. Like Lil Wayne went to jail and was still putting out music, so he stayed relevant. Pooh Shiesty, before he got locked up, wasn't putting out like the same level of music as he had before. Like he wasn't as active, and it's just like you're not going to compare. And, and this is one thing that surprised me that I didn't know. You're not going to compare a 23 year old that just started rapping and has one good song. To someone like Gucci Mane, who was at that point when he went to went to jail, was like five, six years in, like had like an established artist like Ti had a like Ti had like I think he had two classic albums out before he went to jail. Lil Wayne like Tupac like we're gonna compare it to Tupac when Tupac went to jail. Like what do we? Who do y'all think Pooh Shiesty is? Am I tripping? Listen, hold that, hold up. Before we, <laughs> oh, <wait a> <laughs> I'm. I am gonna go on. I'm. I'm on the Pooh Shiesty train. I ain't gonna say you dick eating though. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm like, who's? I'm like, who's dick? Am I eating my own dick? Whose dick am I eating? They just keep calling me a dick eater. I don't we know. Stop keep... shaming people. That activity is fun. Oh, <laughs> people enjoy. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Nah, they uh, nah, they going crazy with that with that word on uh, on Twitter right now. Anything like like the, I'm watching this this Miami game. And I can be like, yo, hurt or killed that. And they're like, yo, you dick eating. Like, he just beat me. Like, they get the ass whooped, though. But, <laughs> I'm like, saying, he, hey, heat and five. I said that shit. I said that shit like last, last week. week. <laughs> I was like, I've been saying heat and five all week. Like, come on, guys. What are we doing? We're not going to act like this isn't the number one seed in the East. Like, get out of here. Um, anyway, go ahead. As get, far get as, your as, far as Mr. Mr. Shiesty off, um, do I think he's going to come back the same way that he went in? For him, no. 
back in blood ain't gonna ain't gonna cut it. Five years, if he got out somehow in good behavior in like three, maybe, but five, no, he's gonna have to come out and either come out. Gucci gonna have to pick him up in like a, a gold studded helicopter. They got to do the whole shebang to even get that train going again. And I wanted to succeed because I like him. He he got good music, just not the the chart toppers that that would sustain that career. Well, I just I just I looked it up and uh Bobby Smurder, like hot nigga, that was yeah. A very, like that was I think I think it got into like the top five on the hot one hundred in the rap category. And I think back in blood maybe got into the top twenty. So it's like that song was bigger than Back in Blood. And Bobby Schmurder has had a hard time getting back into like some sort of relevancy. And it it, it's, it, it stems from a lot of people, me and South people were talking about this, stems from a lot of people being upset about the numbers that 6 9 was getting for, you know, oh, well, he's a, he's a snitch and he's a rat and he's still being able to have this success in rap music. And Bobby Schmurder, you know, held it down, didn't snitch, kept his word, stuck to the code, you know, did some time for his homies or whatever. So when Bobby comes home, we're going to support Bobby. We're going to make sure Bobby do the same numbers as 6 9 He's going to do all these numbers. Bobby get out. Bobby put out, you know, he didn't put out music as soon as he got out. But then like a couple weeks later, he's dropped. He's been on three songs since he's been out. And none of those songs have gained any traction. They haven't been able to make any noise or stick anywhere. Like, where are all these people who are just like, oh yeah, we're gonna make sure Bobby's good as far as his streams. We're gonna make sure he he's gets he gets a platinum single. His YouTube videos go crazy. Like, where are these people? Five years is a very long time. People are very fickle. The music industry is very fast. I might be the only one then. The only one that would. I'd be playing some of that schmurder. I'd be playing some of that schmurder in the car, like on my way to work and things. And it goes, but I, I see what you're saying. Cause it well, definitely the, the way I I agree with that because I listen to the songs. I'm like, okay, these songs it. are good. These songs are good. They're good songs, but like, we're they're not doing what people said they were going to do, and it just kind of feels disingenuous. Like you guys say these things on the internet, but when it comes time to like actually do it, you know, support an artist that you claim to love, it's like, where are you guys at? You know, it just it, it, it didn't. Ha- I'm not I'm not talking to you per se, but just in general. The entire internet was just like, yo, when Bobby comes home, he's going to be up. He's going to be up here. And then his songs come out, and they're just like, man, yeah, yeah. People move on. And then, it, you know, you know. so with this Bobby, this, uh, what you call it, um, Pusheisi thing, like five years is a long time. A lot can change in the, in the world in five years. Like, it's been five years since Kendrick Lamar last dropped an album, right? Last, his last solo album. Within the last five years, we've had two Olympic cycles, like the Winter and Summer Olympics. We've had uh, a full presidential term. Lil Baby had a full-on career within these last five years. Like five years ago, Lil Baby wasn't really anything. Now he's like one of the biggest artists out there. We had a global pandemic. Black Panther, like all these big things. We've had, we had, within the last five years, we had... 15, 15 Marvel movies in five years. Disney Plus wasn't a thing five years ago, and now it is. Five year, Within these last five years, 
Tom Brady has played in three Super Bowls and won two of them, two one on separate teams. Like, think about who was if you if you I looked it up the hottest artist at the time in 2017, five years ago. The hottest artists out at that point were the Migos. So imagine what's going to happen five years from now with the likes of Kendrick dropping again. And how many, like, how many albums has Drake and J. Cole dropped within the last five years? Like, we expect Back in Blood to hold y'all over for five years with how fast this music stuff changed. With how, like, there's new music every Friday, every Friday. And you're, we're just gonna hold out for some new, you know. We're gonna just keep on, keep playing, keep it, keep it tight for Pooh Shiesty, the guy with the back and blood. That's it. Like, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I think people, I think people allow their like personal convictions to get in the way of like facts. And to your point, you need to be an established artist before you can take extended periods of time away. Yes. And it sucks, right? Because we like our artists to go and experience life. And then come back with a new perspective and put out new music. Like, we'll love that when, you know, an artist takes two to three years between projects. But I think any young artist knows that in the come up period, so in the period that Pooh Shiesty is in, and that, again, that's not to say that Pooh Shiesty doesn't have music. And it's not to say that he doesn't have music that people in certain communities don't, don't and still don't do enjoy. Um, but to a, like a, a national global population, a scale that where you can go away for five years and come back and still be Pooh Shiesty, like that's going to be very difficult for him. I don't care if you like him and enjoy him and pay black, play black and blood as soon as you wake up and brush your teeth in the morning. Like it's just not going to sustain him. Unfortunately, when he comes back, hopefully he can pick up where he left off in terms of the building phase and continue to build a career um, that is to his liking, but he's not a Kendrick. Where Kendrick can, you know, drop an album in 2016, 2017 and not come back and go live life and then randomly be like, oh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Be ready. And people still get that same amount of excitement. Like Beyonce dropped Lemonade six years ago today or yesterday, whatever. Only Beyonce, if she was, you know, Destiny's Child Beyonce or, you know, Crazy in Love Beyonce was like, I'm going to drop Dangerously in Love and then I'm going to leave for five years and, you know, I'll come back eventually like. You, you just don't have the cultural cachet to be like, I'm out or, you know, I'm being forcibly taken away. But, you know, I'll still be the top artist when I come back in five years, especially if you aren't already the top artist. Drake has never taken five years off. Like Drake, I don't even know if Drake has ever taken like a year off where he didn't release music. Like, and Drake is one of the more established artists out there. And we're he doesn't just, feel... We're just getting to a period, when I, when I say just, like Rihanna... Five years ago, six years ago, just got to a period where she was like, I'm not going to release anything. Like, there like I don't have to do this. Like, yeah. And even still, like, she hasn't been releasing music, but she's still been relevant in pop culture through Fenty Beauty, through Savage Fenty. Like, she's still, Instagram. Through, yeah, she's still a relevant figure. Like, it's really difficult in the way that social media and popular media moves to be gone for years at a time. And not part of the ever-changing like cultural conversation, and still feel relevant in today's you know world. I, I think for for us, I think there's probably, I don't think there's more than five artists that can. Okay, maybe I'll say ten. There might not be ten artists that can just go dark on social media, go dark musically, go dark features. Just you, just nothing for five years and then turn around one day and be like, hey, my album's dropping and it goes number one. Like how many artists can do that? Like there's Kendrick, 
Beyonce. I think Kanye West could do it. Um, I I can't say Drake because he's never done it. Like I don't know if he could go away and then just come back immediately and be like, hey, this is what's happening. But like, how many artists can you name where they're just they're so established and they're so great at what they do that they can just be like, I'm just gonna just shut. I'm gonna go dark five years. And okay, so let, let me. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not coming back in. Yeah, you are how right. long was Gucci Man gone? Gucci was gone for it was at least three, gone. right? He was gone for like somewhere between three and five. Okay, and then okay, so because I know Pooh Shiesty just dropped something not too long ago, and I feel like he still has music that's recorded and he's going to drop something every now and again. But its I feel like, personally, it's going to be the same thing as Boosie and Gucci, where it, you're going to get to around year two and a half, year three, and they're going to start with the free Pusheisty movement. You still have people from his crew that are on the bubble. You still have uh, Memphis with the stronghold on a on the southern rap scene, I would say they're probably number two to Atlanta in the South. Probably number two overall, number three, maybe maybe number four. He, he's going to be like very anticipated. I, I don't necessarily know if he can capitalize on it because lyrically, I mean, it, it is what it is with them. But the the that gangster rap that he does, and now that he has the charges with him, he's going to be on fire when he gets out like i don't know if the work will be there um and i don't know because he could end up like shine like shine i don't know when more or less came out but i know it had like a couple decent tracks but it wasn't as hot as um the album actually shine and it was like he just kind of disappeared but i mean he could end up like that too but i just feel like that was more so because he got deported to belize I feel like Pushais is going to be right at home in Memphis doing thug stuff, and he's going to be one of the hottest Southern rappers out when he's released. Gucci was in jail for two years, by the way. He went to jail in 2014 oh. and got out in 2016. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know who Pushais is. All I know is, actually, I'm not even going to lie. I don't know the lyrics to that song. So let me not sound like somebody's auntie in here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know. Good luck to him. I am in no way advocating oh, yeah. his downfall. I hope he gets out of jail and gets is able to like pick up right where he left off. Uh, I right. hope TK gets out. Well, I don't know if I hope he gets out of jail, but if he gets out of jail, you know, I hope he's able to put pick up where like who talks about TK now? Same situation where TK went. He was hot for a little while and then he went behind bars. And I mentioned TK, so you know, I wish the best for Pooh Shiesty, um and his career. And I hope that people are still ready for him to release music whenever he is released. Okay, so let, let me hop in right here. So Y Y N M Melly, is it? Yes. Or something okay. Now he's been in for a little over a year. And I mean, I know he gets out at the end of this year. But you know what? Now he is really talented musically, so I don't think he should sleep and then it he's not gonna be in as long. So uh, he should be straight too, but I mean, kind of the same th thing. Like if he comes out and he comes out blazing, he comes back with split personalities, murder on my mind type of music. It, it, it you got murder on your mind, you got murder charges. Niggas is gonna eat that up. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, like, I'm obviously I'm not rooting against Pusha. Like if Pusha comes out of jail five years from now, 
and he drops a single and it's better than Back in Blood. He follows that up with another, you know, good single, a couple of features and drops a solid project that a lot of people like and is doing numbers and he gets back to the track that he was on because he's he's only 22 and he's a very young kid. So he can still not even be hitting his prime in five years. And if he gets out and things get right back on track like they like he never left. I have no I'm not deleting these tweets. Like these tweets ain't going nowhere. I have no problem pulling these tweets right back up if he gets another hot single like, yeah, no, I was wrong as shit. Like I had no idea what I was talking about five years ago. Like cook my ass. Like if that's what it is and that's what it is, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and try to like make an excuse and just be like, hey, I was wrong. Like he he has a, a bigger fan base than I imagined or that I that I envisioned and his career is not over. Like it is what it is. I hope I hope I hope I am wrong, but just based on a lot of things that we've seen previously and how fast the music industry moves, I just don't, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on him like being on that same path that he was on before he no. went away. And if I had a label, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't spend much time. Uh, I don't know. I probably, after five years, I don't know if I would spend a whole bunch of time on him as an artist. I don't know. I because again to your point, like the world changes so fast in five years, like and five like Facebook ain't even Facebook no more. <laughs> like, no, it's totally different. In five years, like the way that we share music and listen to music and discuss music and where we make these connections could be completely different. Um, and so the sound I, is going to change too, right? And so I hope that whoever is managing his career, like if he has a backlog of music. I, I would hope it's enough to release something every once in a while, every couple months, just to keep his name uh, afloat uh, and, and hopefully sustain him until you know, whenever he's out, 2027 or sooner. It's going to be hard to, to have five years worth of music to keep it relevant, especially not saying he's a limited artist, but he's somewhat of a, you know, He's not super lyrical. He's limited. He ain't giving you no love songs. He ain't giving you no inspiration. It's just straight thug it out, trap, shoot it up type music. Yeah, so it's like at some point, you're going to be releasing music from 2022 in 2025, and maybe that sound isn't what it was back then. Maybe and now the sound has changed, and now you sound dated. It's just like, why are they doing this? Why are they messing up his career? Just don't, you know, it's like I said, either way, I'm rooting for him. I want him to, you know, stay safe and, you know, hopefully he, you know, saved his money. But the, it, it's not looking good, historically speaking. No. Let me what, ask this. So to, I got a Grammy. I mean, you're a New Yorker. You know, Bobby Schmurter saved y'all ass. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, can you go to prison and recover? I'm sorry if I didn't hear it. I, I was throwing up. So I'm just. Nice. I'm, oh, fuck. You pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hot nigga uh, save New York. Go ahead and talk. All right. Well, at that that summer that hot nigga was out, it did it did save New York. But um, as far as him coming back home and not getting the same love, it still bothers me because right before my connection kicked out. I was saying, like, I listen to Bobby still. Like, I still like it. I still rock with all that music. But do you do the little crazy like, dances, the twerk dances he does? No, I'm just playing. No, 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 no. I don't do that. <laughs> I, 
I ain't gonna hold you though. I'd be tempted. I'd be like, like that. That, that song, I, I like that song. Honestly, I don't know why people are saying he ain't putting out good work. Like, I like that song. That's, exactly. Like that song is crazy. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's not what they wanted from him. I guess they wanted more hot nigga, but hot nigga is what got him locked up. What well, the shit that he talks about in hot nigga is what got him locked up. But <laughs> it's like he's not gonna talk about that right now. He's still on parole or whatever it may be. But in the, now he's having his issues with the label. But now he's off the label. He's he about to get back. New York's about to be back. Summer's over for the rest of y'all. <laughs> Wait till and, and when Pooh and when Pooh comes home because free Pooh shiesty. I hope he gets the same love that he went in with. But the difference is he didn't. He really didn't get enough time. Like he was. At least up here, he was just getting hot, and then Back in Blood came out. And then as soon as Back in Blood came out, he got a couple extra dollars, and he started walling out, and now he's where he is. But hopefully he can come home at 27. That's still very, very young in music. He can come back and actually get it get it going. But if not, thanks, Pooh. Thanks. Like, Thanks for the one song you gave us. Yeah, well, he got some heat. Like, I, I, I'll have to send it to you. He got some heat. Like him, Big Thirty, they be getting crazy. But <laughs> like, <laughs> Big Thirty. I don't know who that is. Jesus, oh my! God. I'm you're so aged. behind. You've aged out. You've aged I, out. I, I realize every day that I'm like, who are these people? Who are these niggas? Like, my Tommy Davidson voice. I don't know these people. <laughs> Okay, so in big thirties, nice. In 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 this same vein, as far as like people getting on the internet and proclaiming their fandom for artists while not listening to their music, and I guess this is the Flame Marcus episode. So whenever I tweet anything that is remotely positive about Eminem as a rapper, a lot of people come into my mentions and tell me about how much they love Paul Wall. And they love his music, and they're such big fans. He's a better rapper than Eminem, and Eminem is trash. Blah, blah, blah. I love Paul Wall. So three weeks ago, Paul Wall dropped an album. You know who didn't come in my mentions to tell me about it? Any of you niggas. None of you niggas came and told me about it. I didn't even know he dropped the album. None of you niggas was like... I knew he dropped an album. (laughs) None of you niggas was on the timeline tweeting about it. No one talked about it. No one came and was like, hey, yo, you need to listen to it. The only person, actually the first person, because I I didn't know what was coming out, and uh, South Breeze texted, he put it in a group chat saying, like, hey, Powell dropped an album. So you know what I did? I went and I listened to it. I listened to it like twice. And I was like, this is pretty good. The beats are great. Like, the beats on this album are pretty uh, it's called uh start to finish the production on this album top notch the lyrics paul wall gives there's you know it's paul wall doing his thing it's, it's straight but i was like this is pretty good and i get on a timeline I'm, I'm scrolling i'm looking no one's talking about it a couple days go by nothing a week goes by nothing two weeks and i'm and then i i waited a week and then the next week, I posted it on Instagram, like, you know, Paul Wall, I got the, he's got the song. I put it on Instagram. Nothing. Another week goes by. Nothing. Where are you, Nobody, people? Where are you? For Mr. Wall. Where are these Paul Wall fans that come into our mentions every time I tweet anything about Eminem, and now, now you guys are nowhere to be found when he drops a pretty good album, like a solid 
piece of work that I would listen to. And I'm like, damn, maybe they're right. Like, Paul Wall is out here doing his thing. This music is great. Nobody's listening to it. You guys are frauds. That's all I wanted to say. You're frauds. All of you. Lowski, Lowski, you're a fraud. I saved my timeline to uh, repeatedly ask Jason Tatum to leave his family behind. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't tweet about it. I, I didn't know the album was out. I just I don't think I ever got around to listening to it. Or if I did, I just kind of was like, I like this. And then, you know, sometimes my brain be like, okay, so Fortnite. So <laughs> Yeah. My my timeline's in shambles too between uh Debo and well there's Trey Song's mess. I ain't seen no Paul Wall nothing though. So. No, nobody's realistically nobody's like, ooh, that new Paul Wall dropped. Y'all yeah, gonna hit that. Yeah. And, and, like and, and, and to to be fair, Paul Wall is a he's a an older act, right? Like he's his relevancy was twenty years ago almost, like hit the height of him. And so I'm not expecting Paul Wall to be like, you know, hitting the charts, like going doing crazy numbers, because he's not he's not a relevant artist anymore. And uh, it's he's kind of in that same uh, realm when it comes to like streams and album sales as an artist like Bun B or Big Boy. When Big Boy drops, when Bun B drops, you know, the old heads will give it a listen or listen or two, pay the respects and kind of just, you know, move on. But like a lot of the young kids ain't checking for those two artists. They're not checking for Paul Wall either. And it's just like. You just kind of you give them a listen out of respect for what they did for the culture as far as like, you know, for someone my age, like I grew up on uh, Big Boy and Outkast. I grew up listening to UGK and Pimp C and, and Bumby and all that. So I, I'm I'm never going to see a new Bumby album and be like, no, I'm not listening to that. Like, I'm going to listen to that off of the strength of what he's done in the past. And that goes for like Big Boy. And that should be the case for Paul Wall because he had it. He had a moment. And I think people are kind of just kind of trolling me, I guess. I think that's what it is. I think people I think people on Twitter hate me. That's what I think. I think a lot of people don't like me. <laughs> which is fair. Which is fair in some instances. There's some instances where I'm like, all right, I get that. I deserve that. Or, you know, yeah, it could be realistically niggas not listening to Paul Wall. <laughs> Y'all are liars. Lowski, you're a liar. You lied. You don't listen to Paul Wall like that. Talk about I listened to Paul Wall last week. No, you didn't. You're a liar. So speaking I of let, the last time I was in a wall, people no, they listen to they listen to drive slow and sitting sideways once every three years talking about oh I'm a big Paul Wall fan. You shut up. Yep. You shut up. <laughs> Get out of my face. Song, that grill song where he got the what it do, baby. It's the Iceman Paul Wall. I wow. know that whole version. <laughs> so. Blah blah. Paul Wall is more known for making grills than being a rapper at this point. Like that's what he is. That too. Shout out, shout out to him. Shout out. I, 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 I never not give him props for that. Like shout out to him. But we're gonna move on to artists that we uh, actually listen to. Uh, Kendrick Lamar uh, announced that he's going to be finally dropping an album here uh, next month. I don't have the actual date for it. May thirteenth. May 13th. So, like I said, it's been five years and there's not a lot of artists that can literally just kind of just go silent, go dark, and then announce that they're dropping and kind of have the entire uh, music industry put on blast. And I mean, obviously, you know, people are excited. People want to hear the new music. They want to hear the single. They want to know the producers, whatever, whatever. 
I'm more interested to see um, who drops the same um, the same day as him. The album uh, "Mr. Morale" and the Big Steppers, because I'm I'm old enough to remember when a new art uh, when an artist that you like was dropping <clears throat> that you had to go to the store and physically buy the album. There was no, oh well, you know, I'm just going to listen to this on my phone. You had to go to the store, and for me, it was I need to make a business decision and decide like, hey, who's uh album am i purchasing today because you know i was a broke kid back in the day so it's just like i can only get like one or two cds this week i can't get everybody's like nowadays you can just listen to everybody's albums back then like i remember the kanye 50 cent uh beef not beef but their their battle with uh uh grad graduation and curtis and it was like hey we're dropping on the same day you know whoever we're gonna see who gets the most sales and that was a big moment for hip hop because a lot of people that went and bought that Kanye album actually went out and bought Curtis too. So their projected numbers both went up. I don't know if that works in the same in the streaming era. Like I don't know how that works, but I, I'm curious to see if anybody would actually drop the same day as him. Like if if there's an artist that could say like I'm dropping the same day and kind of take some of that shine away from what Kendrick is doing or whatever he has coming. I think somebody might try, but when you add take some of that shine away from Kendrick, like I just don't see that happening. I don't. There's see nobody. No, I can't think of anybody. Like not yeah. even any other bigger guys, like his peers. I can't see anybody dropping and people being like, "Oh, I'm gonna listen to that album before I listen to Kendrick." Um, the only one I could say, and it's not gonna happen because he already put an album out. Um, will be Drake. And that's just he, he, he. It's just that competition. It's not the same. They're different kinds of music, but that's the only kind. The only artist I think that would even dare do something that stupid, <laughs> because it, it. This is Kendrick Lamar we're talking about. It's not like he's just some slouch. Like he hasn't put it out. People have been waiting for it. Well, so the, I, I think when I when I thought about that, it's just I just I like I said I remember when you had to physically go out and buy something and both Kanye, yeah. both Kanye and 50 cent, their projected numbers were way like their actual numbers were higher than their projected numbers. Cause more people supported them both as far as the whole competition thing. And I'm like, does that work in the streaming era? Like, can you stream an album that many more times to support it in a way? And I, I, I I'm not sure how that would work because it's just, it's like back in the day when uh, a big artist was dropping, a smaller artist would drop that same day because a person would go to the store and they're like, okay, I'm getting this new Beyonce album. And then they'd be like, oh, hey, I didn't know this person dropped a new album. Maybe I'll get that one too. I just don't know if that, if that happens in the stream era. Like, I don't know if there's a benefit to dropping the same day as Kendrick or if it's even worth it. I don't think it's especially considering how like little streaming actually does for you. <laughs> yeah, streams is streams is nothing. Yeah, I wouldn't if I were an artist that was like, oh, I'm dropping my album, my sophomore album on May 13th, and then Kendrick goes and he's like, oh, I'm back May 13th. I'd be like, can I move it to like the following week <laughs> or like two weeks after? <laughs> push it back, push it back, or push it up, bring it out. I want drop it now. <laughs> There's no reason for you to. I I don't know, like just to your point like the way that we consume music is so different now there's no benefit 
to competing with Kendrick Lamar, who you know, the only you know what who could compete with Kendrick Lamar, and it would never happen if it, if Rihanna was like, oh, me too. I'm also dropping Ooh. it out on May 13th. Ooh. Wow, that, <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, like I, I would buy both. Like that would be interesting. I would that would be interesting. Like two artists that have been like relatively like quiet for the last five six years dropping on the same day. Like that would be crazy. And she, she definitely not doing that. She is eating coconut at Barbados. She cares not. Nah, about she people. getting ready. She got to go meet her man behind the wall soon. Like oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot she was on that type time too. <laughs> she about to be on love after lockup. So it's all good. Jesus. <laughs> all good oh my gosh yeah i'm i'm yeah rihanna don't care about us she don't care about making music anymore either and i wouldn't either if i was her if i got if i'm a if i'm a billionaire without having to go to the studio and stuff like yeah like, y'all, y'all, she, nothing. y'all better listen to anti again she's making her that, money off underwear and concealer you'll never hear another song from rihanna again Nah, we got music, we got music at home <laughs> It, it still breaks my heart, like, cause it, like, I really want to believe that we're gonna get one more. But the days pass, so I'm just like, now she's pregnant. She doing it every time you you open the news, it's like Rihanna's doing this, and it's like something great. And I'm like, we we further away from the studio than ever. Like, so if, if but if Auntie is the way she leaves us, I'm cool with it because that album is wild. That's 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 Jordan against utah in game six that's what that album is like that album i'm not okay i'm not saying that album was better than lemonade it is i'm just i'm just saying <laughs> that those two albums are like if you told me that anti was better i'm not gonna argue i'm not gonna be like uh, you know i'm okay i'll say this lemonade is the better album anti has the better songs yeah anti like, has the more commercial songs like there, you can pick pluck a song off anti and play it on the radio, and people will enjoy it. I don't know if no, like, it's, it's it's nothing but singles. Every song in there is a single. I don't know if Lemonade has a better story to it, and it's yes, um, the visual component of it really pushes it ahead of it for me, ahead of anti for me. Um, but you know, if I had to tell you which album I return to regularly, like which album I press play on first, it'd probably be anti. Well, I, I don't. Lemonade is kind of like uh, to pimp a butterfly, where I don't just kind of pick off like right. certain songs off of there. Like usually, when I listen to the pimp a butterfly, I like to listen to it the whole way through, and it's the same way with Lemonade, where it's just like I like to go from start to finish. I like to hear the entire story, all the different sounds, all the different genres, everything mixed up, and just go straight through. Anti is kind of like I just kind of pick out, you know, a song I want to hear here and there. Like it's it's uh it's Thriller, where it's just like a lot of Every song's a single. Every song is a hit. Just pick a song. You you can play anti on re, on random on shuffle, and it's still a great album. Like it doesn't matter which songs you play. It doesn't matter what order you play it in. Right. Just stands on its own. So if Rihanna never drops any music again, like I think uh, she's had an elite career, obviously. But uh, I think a lot of fans would like to uh, hear something new from her. Um. Nah, we need a like a, a Rihanna ASAP feature. Like, nah, like with, the, with, the, with the jail phone. I don't know like, about that. Nah, I mean, like, have him wrap it over the jail phone. ASAP needs to show that he can carry his weight in the studio because he's he's been hit or miss these last couple last couple songs he's done. I, I can't speak for 
the rest of the world, but up here in, in New York, it's all the consensus has been that Ferg has been that guy. Ferg and holding ASAP, it down. And ASAP just kind of disappeared, and we see why. He's just doing everything else but rapping, and Ferg has been carrying that torch. But Ferg might just be the better one of the two. And I love ASAP. I, I love the whole that whole crew. But uh, Ferg might be the one that we didn't get because we got ASAP first. I prefer I prefer Ferg over um uh Rocky. I just Rocky came out hot, had a great start, and he just kind of just kind of fizzled out. Uh, King Quest said in the chat, who heard uh, Antonio Brown's album? I did not know that that came out. I thought that was a joke. I didn't Antonio know he was actually doing that. Yo, so, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I didn't, I saw, I heard a single from it with uh, Keisha Cole. No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, no, my gosh. Super duper big garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage. Like, he just got to get back in the. He got to get back on the field. Somebody, like get. I, I, mean, I didn't. I wow. Are, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, you probably can't see it on the on the thing, but yeah, that's that's his album. He's got two of them on there. That's, what's it? Is it called Himothy? Does it say Himothy? It says Himothy, and then there's one called Paradigm. <laughs> I'm going to listen oh, yeah. to these tomorrow. I'm gonna. I'm okay. going to. Okay. 15 songs, 37 minutes. Nah. Right, and then this one, 11 songs, 26 minutes. Oh, he's got a Fabio Foreign feature on here. Okay. He's got a debate. He's got two Fabio Foreigns. You know what? This reminds me. It is just totally random. I listen to this podcast called Poor Minds. They're like part of the 85 South like collective or whatever. Their recent episode on Friday had Deshaun Watson's girlfriend on there. But I did not know that she was Deshaun Watson's girlfriend. So she was talking about her relationship and how she'll never break up with her boyfriend. And I was like, he must be, you know, a hell of a nigga for you just to be like, you never leaving him. So I Googled it, Deshaun Watson's girlfriend. I was like, oh, well, you condone weird activities. I don't want to hear anything else from you. But at the end of that episode, the point of this is that she said she released an EP. And she was talking about like how well she's done in music. Like she's really going hard. She wants to be better. Blase, blase, blase. So I'm like, you know what? I'm always down for like new R&B girls. I love to hear just like the array of music or R&B music that there is. So I went to go listen to this four song EP. It's 10 minutes long. I want every one of my minutes back right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is what? What's her awful name? project. Her name is Jilly. J-I-L-L-Y. It's a, I don't want to say the music is bad. I think the music is very run of the mill. It's like if Saweetie did R&B. Um, okay, relax on the sweetie slander. Okay, <laughs> that's that's two episodes you're doing that. She's getting better. What, am I, relax. what I'm saying is, it's not bad. Yeah. It's fun music for somebody. It's just not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like it's just rudimentary, like no thought behind it. R&B pop music, and I was really disappointed because why did you why did you point me in the direction of this? <laughs> Oh, well, like, need think this. about it. Her boyfriend plays for the Cleveland Browns. There's not like a lot. Like, they're, they're not functional beings. Like, so. that's true. <laughs> they don't Ooh. think. I was it's just, just like, like, I was so excited to hear her music. But that's what I get 
for thinking that Deshaun Watson's girlfriend made good music and I wouldn't have heard about it by now. So that's my fault. And it's called Jilly. Yeah, J I L L Y. I guess this, this is just some uh this is just some changing the narrative. Like this is him like kind of putting that out there like, "Hey, I'm not that bad of a guy." blah blah blah. Let's do well, it. Like the Browns are out there pushing the QB ones in the building. Like, oh my gosh. Believe you me, if you got 10 minutes and you got to choose between listening to that EP and like going to stand in line at Chipotle, just go to Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle be hitting, man. I like Chipotle. Exactly. You'll have a lot more, you'll feel way more fulfilled <clears throat> at Chipotle than listening to this album on your lunch break. That's depressing. <sighs> That's awful. All right. Anybody who listens to this Pusha T album? Yep. No. Oh gosh! All right. Yep. <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, I'm, I'm kind of debating if I even want to get too deep into it because I'm, I'm pretty sure South Bruce is going to want to get his his takes off. So uh, I'll let I'll let you go ahead and say whatever you got to say about the uh, this latest offering from Terrence. Almost dry. Yes. Um. So I well I'm all. I, I'm all right. They're gonna say I'm Dick Eaton because <laughs> I'm a huge Pusha T fan. So I thought the album was great, and the production was ah, uh, like surprisingly, some of it was a little off, but for the most part, the whole album was. Well, I enjoyed it. It was longer than Daytona, so. You didn't have to worry about that, and he was actually giving you like the, like some real rap, very intelligent coke bars as opposed to the raw gritty ones. It's like the that kind of thing. But um, I enjoyed the album. Some of the features on there that I didn't expect the Travis or not the Travis feature, uh, Uzi Vert feature <laughs> threw me off. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't what I was looking for from that. Uh, the Don Tolliver feature was good. Obviously, Jay Z is gonna do his thing. Um, the the Cuddy and Kanye song that they that Cuddy's gotten a little pissy about was a uh, was actually really really good. And if that's true that they're never gonna make music together again, then I guess thanks. But um, overall, I enjoyed the album. I'm definitely going to – I've listened to it a couple times uh, this weekend since it just came out on Friday. I had it early, but I didn't really try to peep it at that point. I was like, I'll just wait until I can listen to the whole thing and exactly. really enjoy it. Um, as, as you should. Like, I had it, and my my mu- like the music app on my phone or whatever wasn't putting it in order. So I'm like, I don't want to hear it out of order until I hear the whole album first. And then I just gave up and waited till Friday morning. But I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I got a couple favorites on there, and they're, they're not the singles, honestly. Um, like Neck and Wrist is great, but it's whatever. Diet Coke, he could have put on Daytona, and it would have fit much better. But I will say, as far as the Kanye uh, Cuddy situation, like. If they never make music together again, I'm fine with that because we have 808s and heartbreaks. So like, they can it just keep sucks, it on man. that. I get, I get it, but it's like, eh, we can. I'm, I'm like 808s and heartbreaks. That's all I had. Like, that's all I need from those two. Like, and, and kids see ghosts is, is straight, but 808s and heartbreaks. That's my favorite 
uh Kanye album. So like I don't I don't need anything else from those two. Like they're not gonna they're not topping that. Uh I will say about uh this push T album, I'm not gonna go through all the notes that I took about it, but I will say that I and this is super nitpicky, but I didn't like the album cover. I wanted the uh the cover that the the fake cover, I guess, or whatever that was out there. It was like I think it was Lena Del Rey's face with, with the, the coke on it. Powder on it. That's I wanted that to be the cover. I thought that had been a, a more uh, artistic approach to this album as opposed to what whatever. Like I maybe maybe I just don't see it yet. Maybe I need to to look at it and kind of uh try to understand what uh damn that was good dump. See what uh Push was trying to go there, go go with that. Um for me I've I've always had a uh back and forth between the uh, greatest producers of all time and it's always you know it's always been flip-flop between Kanye and Nep- and the Neptunes. Like one day it'll be Kanye, the next day it'll be the Neptunes and whatever. At this point, after this album, uh, I have the uh, okay. I have the uh, the Neptunes and Pharrell as uh, my number one producers of all time. Like they, I think they outdid uh, Kanye on this album as far as production. Not saying that Kanye's pr- production was bad, but I just feel like Pharrell got the best out of uh, Push compared to what Kanye was doing. So we'll kind of we'll kind of shelve that topic. Until I guess South Breeze gets back next week, hopefully. Um, let's let's slide the sports real quick because we're we're I'm you know I I'll podcast all night, but I don't want to keep everybody's time too much. So any any thoughts on what's what's going on with the Nets as far as their lack of success the last three years, the way Kyrie, Katie, and at one point James Harden were not reaching the level of success success that we thought or maybe predicted um the coaching the moves that they've made currently at this point they're down 3-0 to the Celtics um I don't know do they play on when's their next game Monday or I Tuesday tomorrow I think okay so by time by, by time this episode drops the Nets might be out of the playoffs so let's 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 do this let's have this conversation as if we've gotten to uh, game four. The Celtics have won this series. The Nets just got swept out of the playoffs. Uh, Rev, what 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 are we feeling? What do you think? What 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 is the future for this team? The net. I mean, I feel like the Nets are like a textbook case of why you can't put rosters together based on who likes who. Um, being really great friends does not make you great teammates, and that doesn't mean that one of you is a bad player. It just means that you know. Having friendship chemistry doesn't necessarily translate to on-court chemistry. At least that's what it seems like here. What do I feel about the Nets? I mean, this. I think that they need a veteran coach, A, and I think that they could benefit from uh, a much older guy on the bench to keep them keep them in the game. And that's no disrespect to Kyrie or KD. But I don't know. They they both look tired out there. Like every time I see them play, they look exhausted. Um, I don't know if it's like are are the Celtics really that good defensively that that are they're chasing them uh, and really exhausting these two relatively older guys in the league. Like they're not older 
in terms of like uh, neither one of these people are over 35 so they're not like older people but in terms of basketball okay you know, relax on that the whole older people over 35 if they were if they worked at FedEx they'd be regular age guys <laughs> in basketball years right in basketball years they are geriatric like they <laughs> they forgot they got a lot of wear and tear on their bodies um and the Celtics are just a younger team right now. They're a younger, more hungry team. So I don't know if I feel like the Nets uh, are any worse off. I just think, like, tweaks to the roster, tweaks to the coaching staff could help. Um, having both of these guys be healthy, uh, they're two leading guys uh, in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, having both of these guys be healthy. I don't know, and I don't, I don't want to – I don't know if, like – I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say that I, I don't – neither one of these guys seem very healthy and they don't seem to be playing um, like they have energy. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's because of the Celtics just being a younger, hungrier, faster, more defensive team at the moment or if these guys truly are just tired um, and they're fighting, they're, they're clawing their way through every game. I think the uh... – I think the Celtics, I think since the all-star break, have had, like, the best defense in the NBA. Like, I give a lot of credit to the Celtics' uh, defense, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown in particular, uh, their coach, uh, Mr. Nia Long, doing a great job. Um, (laughs) They just came through, and they're just, like, they're just dominating the team. They're outplaying them. The coach is outcoaching Steve Nash. Steve Nash is – Doing as much there as I am doing at home. I was about to say, like, I could outcoach Steve Nash. Like, literally, mm-hmm. he's doing nothing. Like, you have two of the greatest. And the, the thing is, is Kevin uh, Durant wanted Steve Nash as his coach because he was, uh, he had some job in Golden State while he was there in Golden State. And he was I like, yo, he was like a shooting coach or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember what his actual job was at Golden State, but Kevin Durant was like, nah, bring him along. I want him there too. So it's almost like you have to look at Kevin Durant and be like, hey, this was this was your guy. You wanted him here. He's not producing anything for you. Now you've just gotten swept out of the playoffs. And you guys look or you guys look like this window has closed. Like we we started out with you, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And now it appears that you guys have been overtaken. You've obviously been overtaken by the Celtics. Uh You've been overtaken by the Bucks. Like, no, if they were playing the Bucks right now, it'd probably be the same situation. Uh, I feel like the Heat will be the Heat have surpassed the Nets. Um, you guys are in that second tier team. Like, you guys are in the playing tournament. You know, it's just like Kevin Durant has had a lot of as a big guy. He's close to seven feet. He has a lot of leg injuries. That stuff seems to take a take its toll on you. And Kevin Durant, he's been in the league for like almost fifteen years. Like. Father time is catching. Like we we expect everybody to be LeBron, you know, thirteen years in, and when it turns out that they're not, we're like, oh well, he's trash. It's like eh, he's not trash. He's just getting old, you right. know. And I, my one point here, um, and I'm sorry to interrupt, is in a close. I mean, I, I can't say it's a must win game, and it's not a closeout game. It, it is. It's a pretty big game. How are you only taking eleven shots, Kevin Durant? That that's my main problem. I mean, I understand that Steve Nash and the rotations and some of the decisions is going to get a lot of flack, but 11 shots from the quote-unquote greatest player in the world, at least top two, top three greatest player in the world, 
Uh, some people even regard him as the greatest shooter, greatest scorer, or most skilled scorer of all time. You only take 11 shots, man. Like, to me, he's checked out. He, he just checked out. And, and it's sad to see, like, this team. I, I was watching the game the other day, and I'm like, why the hell did they get rid of Harden? Like, I understand he hasn't had the, the – he hasn't. he's not what he was in Houston anymore. But, damn it, he's, he's going to take more than 11 shots. He's going to be a playmaker. He's going to score. Why couldn't you work that out? It's I mean, a terrible situation, and, and I'm, I'm just going to leave with one more point. This is the second time the Celtics have done this dumb – I mean, not the Celtics. I'm so sorry. The, the Nets have done this dumb shit where they try to just quickly build a super team because they did it uh, when they got Pierce and KG and, and everybody back in the day, and that, that was terrible when they had them with D-Will. Um, and now you do it again, and it's like this this is a complete failure. You yeah. were in the playoffs without them. Again, I think it's just to the point of like I, I love that players have the autonomy to make the decisions and to ask for what they want and what they need to be the best player they can be. But I think that at some point there has to be a line drawn of like players play and like the front office makes the personnel decision. Like Sometimes I think that players get a little too much autonomy and I don't even want to sound like Skip Bayless or like Colin Cowherd or somebody. But like I do think that sometimes player opinions trump the overall good of the team. Whereas like there's no way you can look at Steve Nash in a like more assistant role at Golden State and say, oh, this guy would make a really good head coach. Like I don't I don't doubt that he can make a good head coach in time, but I don't think his jump from relatively unknown coach part of the coaching staff at uh, in, in Golden State translates to being the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie and Kevin Durant leading your roster. And at that point, the, the front office has to say, look, I know you like Steve Nash and we have no problem bringing Steve Nash as part of the coaching staff, but we need a coach that has tenure who knows how to run a basketball team. And Steve Nash, everybody's not going to be Steve Kerr. Like, Steve Kerr wasn't even Steve Kerr when he started head coaching. There were a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. Um, so I wish that front offices would be a little bit more adamant about building rosters and building coaching staffs that are conducive to winning, uh, if that's what you want to do. If you're not interested in winning, then by all means, bring in Jason Kidd, bring in Steve Nash, and do what you got to do. But the Nets seemed like they were in a win now or we want to win now uh, type of mindset and hiring Steve Nash was not the way the text point of uh, why couldn't they work out work that out with James Harden I think that was simply because James Harden no longer wanted to be there I don't know if he was seeing the writing on the wall and was like I don't think he, he knew what time it was <laughs> I don't know he was like this team is going to hell in a handbasket let me get out and at least go have some fun elsewhere uh, but I, I truly think that from the beginning James Harden spent a couple you know a couple practices around there was like oh this is this is out. I'm. I gotta go. So you know, and they keep telling us like, "Oh, Ben Simmons on his way back." Ben Simmons. No, nah, I'm not worried. And now he's out. Leave me alone about Ben Simmons right now. He's Don't out. say he's, he's out, out on Monday. We're, we're we're gonna we're gonna put a pin on that Ben Simmons thing. So I want to come back to that. But one one thing that to go back to what Rev was saying, as far as like, we have to put what's best for the team ahead of your personal relationships, because in order to get both. Kevin and Kyrie on the team, the Nets had to, or not they had to, but it was implied that they needed uh, DeAndre Jordan 
on that on that roster because he was part of that connection to get those two there. So they ended up trading Jared Allen to the, to Cleveland. Like Jared Allen is a good is a good young player, a good piece that they could definitely they could have used in this series. And now that the series is over, it's like okay, we gave up a young defensive uh, big for DeAndre Jordan. And we ended up not even keeping DeAndre Jordan because we traded him or released him and got Andre Drummond, who's even worse, who's even more limited. And Jared Allen, like, obviously, he they, they were in the playing tournament. They lost to them. But Jared Allen on the Nets is an improvement. And if I'm the front office, I'm talking to, to Katie and Kyrie, and I'm just like, hey, man, I know you guys are cool with DeAndre Jordan, but you're, y'all can talk to him in the offseason. Like, let me show you this film on Jared Allen and what he can do for you and how he can make your life easier and how he can, you know, set good screens, roll to the rim, protect the rim on defense, give you guys protection. If someone blows by you, you got someone back behind you that's going to protect you out here. And they, they didn't do that. And now they, they got to go into the off season with this stuff. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead and go with what you were about to say. Um, well, it's just, it's the same thing with how the, how the Lakers are looking right now, how they had to get, how they, they gave up getting LaMarcus Aldridge to get, or DeMar DeRozan, whoever it was, to get Westbrook. It's like you you shoot yourself in the foot because you have this this personal obligation to your boy as opposed to the betterment of the team. And when you start playing that game, especially nowadays, you start playing that politicking game, you you lose sight of the the, the goal, like the goal is to win a championship. Yeah, your boy may not have one, but he's also not qualified enough to be on this team any longer. He doesn't fit what we need to win. At one point, he could have, but he doesn't now. I just feel like and, historically. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say like then like the Nets getting rid of um, Allen and Levert. It's like why did you do that when these two guys when they're young, they're very very capable of scoring and, and helping you win. To, to get someone like a DeAndre Jordan who is on his way out. He's probably got two, three more years left in the league if someone decides to pick him up and let him have that turn again. Or it's a wrap. So now you're stuck with a shitty team. Harden's gone. Kyrie is probably going to be – he's going to have one foot out the door after this. And then KD is going to be on his next move as well because they've both been in the league for so long now that it's – one more win, or we just got to pack it up. I feel like historically the best teams have been comprised of guys who weren't necessarily the best of friends. Like, they weren't homeboys, but they all had the work ethic and, like, the desire for the championship at the end of the season. Like, if you look at the great teams of past and even more recent teams, like, these weren't guys who were best friends. These weren't guys who were – prior to working together where, you know, out and, and going on family vacations. Um, even at in regular people's jobs, like you're not friends with everybody who's in your department or on your particular work team or project team, but like you have a common goal and the goal has to be completed. Um, so I wish, I don't want to be like, oh, I wish we could get back to that. But I do wish that players and front offices alike would be um, a little bit more cognizant of like the needs of the team at the time and less about the, does my star guy have his best friend sitting next to him on the bench? Like you probably won't, 
unfortunately. You probably gonna have to catch a homie after the season is over with and y'all go to Aruba together. But like while it's time to work, you gotta be with the guys who are suited <laughs> for the work. We'll get him season tickets. He can sit courtside. That's fine. We'll put that in your contract, but I don't want DeAndre Jordan on my bench. I don't want uh uh what's it? Andre Drummond on my court. I don't want Blake, Blake Griffin, Griffin out there. Yeah. I don't want Lamarcus Aldridge out there. I want none of these niggas out there. Get all these old like, people out of here. All them it's, niggas dying. It's gonna and this come is up my, this, this is my thing with this. Is I look at a team, and my team, of course, recently is the Golden State Warriors. And I look at they have a lot of young assets. Okay, y'all won today, but whatever. Um, they have a lot of young assets. That would be like Steph Curry and Clay saying, hey, well, tra- trade Wiseman, trade Poole. Uh, trade Wiggins again, get us another old vet, you know, so we can be in a win now. No, they don't let them do that. They just build the team that the, the way that they need to be built, even with your Nuggets. Like, the Nuggets are a well-constructed team. Y'all have a lot of injuries, but y'all have a good team. Like, it's not just, hey, let's stack the deck with a whole bunch of old friends and try to do this this one time. I've always had that complaint ever since LeBron left Miami with the way that he does things. And even with the way that the Nets do it, like you got rid of Dinwiddie, who was a really good player for them. Levert was a really good player for them. Like you said, Allen was a really good player for them. Those are three pretty young centerpiece players that could have been contributors. And you replace them with four broken old bigs. Like it just doesn't make sense. They made it to the playoffs without them. They made it to the playoffs before Katie and Kyrie got there. They were in the playoffs. You you would have thought that adding those two pieces without giving up a thing, that was a championship roster, and it's just not. It, it was, and that's the worst part, is that it would like it would it, it could have been there and they, they gave up the wrong pieces to get like the wronger pieces, I guess, the, the worst off pieces <laughs> that they possibly could get. It's like it, it makes no sense and Congrats. I, I know the series ain't over yet, but Celtics no, it's, over. it's over. Giving them wreck. It's over. No, it's over. I, I think I think they win tomorrow. I, I'm no, not, I, I think they no. win tomorrow. I think it'll be a gentleman sweep. Them boys do not want to go back to Boston. They do not want they want to stay at home, Cancun on three. We're we're good. What for what? For what? What do we have to for in the in the thing about like the, the Twitter narrative is kind of getting annoying with uh, especially with Kevin Durant, where it's just like now he's no longer a top 75 player. He's not a winner. He's not someone that can be the lead guy on a championship team. It's just like, oh, all right, now goes. they got to stop that. And they have a, a bad series, and now he's the worst guy to ever touch basketball. Like, we see Kevin Durant. Like, the they, recent bias on the internet is so weird. You yeah. see him play subpar. And, and honestly, like, his his worst day on the court is better than a lot of niggas' best day on the court. So. And, and, and I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to like give him an excuse. Like he's played like shit this series. Like he and like obviously the Celtics have played elite defense. They've game planned the hell out of him. They like they 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 the let's give credit to the Celtics. I hate doing it because I hate the Celtics, but give credit to the Celtics. The Celtics have been doing what they're supposed to do to make things hard for the Nets and for KD and Kyrie particularly. But Katie hasn't hasn't been playing well this series. It is what it is. He's having a bad series, or he had a bad series. But we're not going to act like we're not going to discredit everything he's done for the last 14, 15 years because of one bad series that he's had this year. This we're- is a Celtics team that is comprised of a bunch of guys who are there to do the work and not necessarily the best of friends. Like 
I, and I don't, I'm not saying that they dislike each other, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that like nobody was like, oh yeah, let's bring in this guy because he's the homie. Like they was the the roster was put together by Brad Stevens and the rest of that front office team to win a championship or to at least go to the highest heights that they could go. So they have a coach that is tested, that is proven, and that knows what he's doing and isn't just out there for the celebrity name because we know who Steve Nash is. Like, this is a team that's come. And and you can look at all the teams that are in the playoffs right now and are making that push and look championship ready. These are not teams comprised of best buds. Like, these are teams comprised of the guys that they either drafted in or made moves for to end up where they are. These are a bunch of coaches that are not the – they they aren't in the position they are because they were a player of old. So – I mean, the, do I think the Nets will? I don't want. I don't know if the Nets will be okay. I think the Nets need a lot of personnel changes, but I do hope that the tide starts to shift um, with whatever this model is that LeBron has put together since he made his switch. This really all started when he went from Cleveland to Miami. Like this, this, this start of like, oh, let me play with my homeboys and try to get a, a championship. This started in his move from Miami. I'm not saying it's got to end, and I'm not saying guys can never play with their friends again. I'm just saying I. The player slash GM role needs to take a backseat to the can the team be the best constructed team that it can be. Just you're gonna, uh, if, you're, if you're gonna play with your friends, make sure they're still in their prime. Do that. You're gonna play with your friends, just like play horse at Dwayne Wade's house. Why? Why do we have to look at it? That's true. <laughs> Wait until um, if it if there's any truth to it, how many teams are gonna end up trying to dump everyone? to get Bronny if the package deal really is going to be Bron and Bronny. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be down bad. Who are willing to ruin their entire roster. (laughs) Yes. To have a a 37-year-old man and his 17-year-old son on the court together. (laughs) Like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) That would be insane. Like, how many teams are going to Dump it, and I swear, if the Nuggets even think about it, I'm throwing, I'm throwing hands. But if, if the Nuggets were in like New York City, they'd be like one of the most talked about teams in the NBA. Like the last couple of years, like with those players, like a lot of teams would want. Like there's rosters and teams, and I look at, I'm like, why doesn't any? Why don't free agents go there? And it's like, well, it's because it's in Denver. So it's like yeah, Denver. It's Denver. It's Denver. But then it's like, what about Atlanta? Like, what about Atlanta? Why don't people? Why don't players go to Atlanta? What's the issue there? Like, they had it's a nice city. Like, if you got money and you're young and black, like that's a nice place to that's be. Where right? you should be. That's where well, you want to be at. Atlanta has the uh, long spoken about uh, curse, and nobody wants to be a part of the quote unquote cursed city with the cursed teams. Even though, like, a couple of the Atlanta or Georgia based teams, because. People, you, people like to claim UGA is an Atlanta team, but like Athens is so far away from Atlanta. But anyway, <laughs> that yes. curse has been lifted, quote unquote. Um, but before then, people didn't really want to play in Atlanta. Like you know, Atlanta's a cool city. City aside, though, you know, you don't want to be attached to the team that is inevitably going to lose in your mind. Heat and five. Okay, so um, <laughs> I was going to say this: this Ben Simmons thing, right? People are going insane on Ben Simmons not playing in game four and the Nets getting swept out of the playoffs. And uh, like Stephen A. Smith is saying, he's a quitter. A lot of people are just like, Ben Simmons, I want to work, whatever, whatever. 
my my only issue with this whole Ben Simmons thing is I feel like a week ago, or maybe like when the when the Nets went down 2-0, people were just like, eh, there's no reason to bring back Ben Simmons. Because it's just like he's just now getting to like five and five in practice. You know, he's coming off of an injury. Uh you just can't miss a year of basketball. And then the first game you play is in the playoffs in an elimination game against the best defense in the NBA. You're I feel like most people would say, nah, he, he should just sit out the rest of the season. Like there's no reason to play him. But because now that he didn't play, now it's been a quitter. Now it's why did they even trade for him? Like what, what are we doing? What what is he gain from playing that game? I think people got like a secondhand humiliation kink because that's what's gonna happen to Ben Simmons if he gets on that court. He's gonna look stupid. And it's not gonna be for lack of trying, it's gonna be for lack of conditioning. You yes, don't want to lack of everything and playoff. You're not playoff ready. Like Ben Simmons hasn't touched the court all year or not in any significant manner. So I mean they're down 3-0. Like they're not gonna win the series. You're gonna just have that man be embarrassed and then face even more backlash when he doesn't have a 20 and 10 night his first time back on the court after an injury. And I don't want to tell him that his injury was real or fake. So I'll just say after an injury, you don't want that man back on the court. He don't want to be back on the court. And that when you down uh, 3-0 to a team as defensively good as the Celtics, you're going to look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one thing to play uh, basketball, like just, one-on-one practicing like running a fast break but it's a different and I'm, I'm speaking as a you know high school athlete like i played sports in high school like what i'm that guy but it's like you know the difference between okay i'm just out here by myself getting some run compared to like okay now i'm actually playing a game there's a different level of intensity that is required to play compared to practice and now you take that to the NBA level where people are now game planning against you. Now it's way harder. Now that intensity is way higher. And you're just – you're coming off an entire offseason and an entire year of not playing. And you're just like, yeah, go out there and play. Go out there and be Ben Simmons. Like, nah, dog. It, that's that's not what it's going to be. Um, I'll, I'll ask this to everybody. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant next season – is the last season of their contracts. I'm going to ask two questions. They're going to be pretty much the same question, but if you're the GM of the Nets, what do you do? And if you're Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, what do you do when your contracts are up? If I'm the GM, I don't know that I look to move either one of them. I think I look to move the supporting cast to players around them. Like, I just don't think that they have a good... If at any point you find yourself giving the ball to Blake Griffin, who is not the same Blake Griffin we saw in the Lob City years, if you find yourself relinquishing control to Blake Griffin at some point, I have an issue with that. And I don't, and I would, you have to make some adjustments to that supporting cast. If I'm Kyrie or KD, though, I don't, I think one of them maybe starts to look elsewhere. I'm not saying that they're moving, but I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that at least one of them, if not both of them, start to look at what else is out there for them. You stay in the East or you go West? Well, if so, if I'm KD, I stay East. 
if I'm Kyrie, I'd probably go with. Um, so pretty much for me, I think it's the same thing. Like if I'm the front office, I'm keeping those two and trying to build around them because those two aren't the full problem of that team. They aren't helping right now, but they aren't the reason like that that team is struggling as bad as they are. Um, so they need to somehow start to get those pieces back around them and rebuild that team to what it can be. Um, but if I'm one of if I'm them, I, I can see KD leaving, and I think he would go back out west. Yeah, team in mind. I think he's gonna. He would end up going back to Golden State. Me too. Oh. <laughs> Me too. Both of them need to go ahead and come home. If I'm the GM, I don't know what assets they have in order to bring in younger pieces, a younger big. But I would definitely use every resource, every uh, G League, every draft, uh, if they have any more draft selections that I can to get better players in there, uh, younger players in there. Um, and I would look for, I don't know if I would go Mark Jackson or not, cause he may be too tough, but I'm getting the best available real coach that I can get for these guys. And I'm going to try to give it another run. If I'm Kyrie, I'm looking for a way to get to the Lakers. If, cause he, he look, it's about championships it's a chance to redeem yourself. Go back with Bron, man. We ain't gonna hate on you. You know, hey, you you win another chip. You two are the dynamic duo. It'd be great. KD back in Golden State. If they would take him back, because I mean the team, I mean what they would, but um, that those are those are the moves I would make if I was them because I think with them basically selling off all the assets that they have, this team is who they are, and you're just the seventh best team in the East. And like you guys said, you're a, you're a notch or a tier below uh, the best teams in the East. Yeah, if I'm and the uh, yeah, if I'm the general manager of the, of the Nets, and say next season, unless they win a championship next year, I'm of the belief where I'm just like, I'm just gonna go with whatever they say. Like if KD and Kyrie get to the end of their contracts, I'm like, hey, we're gonna go look at other places. I'm gonna be like, that's fine. You can you can go do whatever you want. It was good. We we tried whatever. If they want to come back, I think you you bring them back. I think you. I don't think you can just as a general manager. I feel like you will get fired if you let Kevin Durant. If you tell Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, no, we don't want you here. Like I feel like as a GM, if they want to be in Brooklyn, if they want to stay, if I want to keep my job, I have to keep those two players. But I, I agree with what everybody else is saying as far as like we need to change the supporting cast. We can't bring out the ghost of Blake Griffin's knees and LaMarcus Aldridge with his heart issues and all these other old guys out here. We can't do that again. Um, if I'm, if I'm Kyrie, I think I'm, I think I'm also leaving. Uh, maybe I go back to Cleveland, maybe go to LA, but I, I, I leave that place immediately. And if I'm Kevin Durant, I also leave. Um, when Kevin Durant was a free agent in uh, after when he left uh, Oklahoma City, I think he visited a few teams. He visited Golden State, obviously. He visited Boston, and another team that he visited was Miami. 
And I think Miami would be a great fit for him as far as like city uh, leadership from the top down. There's a lot of culture down there. Uh, it's a winning franchise. We, you know, filled with a bunch of winners, championship pedigree, uh, one of the, obviously the best team of the East. Uh, we can kind of take a little bit of pressure off of him because we have Jimmy Butler to play defense, Bam out there playing defense. Uh, Kyle Larry can get him the ball. We got Tyler Hero coming off the bench. Like we have, we just got a lot of great stuff on this in this franchise. I mean, do you think him and Butler would work? Because you know how Butler can be. He's kind of prickly. He is, but I mean that's just part. That's just part of the culture. That's that's yeah, part of oh. like if you want to win. Like white women. If you want to, yeah, he's a the one thing that I hate about Jimmy Butler is his affection for Taylor Swift. I hate that. Yeah, like, please, stop that please stop it. <laughs> But outside of that, you know, Miami's a great city, obviously. And we're about winning, you know. We're And if you want to go back and forth to Brooklyn to do your thing or you want to work remotely, we'll work around that. We, we know how to handle having a superstar on the team. We've obviously done it between Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Shaq. We can handle your personality and all the things that comes with you being a superstar, MVP caliber player, blah, blah, blah. But if you want to re- if you really want to change your legacy and change the narrative about who you are, Kevin Durant, come on down to Miami. This this is why they come said that they did about you on Twitter. This is I'm, I'm pushing my narrative. I'm pushing my narrative. <laughs> this is exactly why they said it. Like this kind of shit. No, though, I wonder which of these two would be the one to set the like NFL like Marshawn Lynch style trend that exists of like retiring while you're still on top. Like, which of these two would be like, I'm actually done with the game of basketball. I'm Kyrie. That, that's Kyrie. easy. Gonna be Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah. Gonna be Kyrie. <laughs> I can, yeah, like, if Kyrie retired today, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I see that. Kyrie was ready to all over a Pfizer shot. And, like, and I, whatever, like, whatever your belief is, is going to be that. But belief. he was the way, the way he was going about it. I was like, yeah, if he retires right now, I would not be surprised. He don't give a Kyrie shit. Kyrie and Ben Simmons. I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm thinking that. I think I'm on that wave. I think Ben Simmons could possibly pull the same move. I have no ben idea. Ben Simmons gets out of here. Philadelphia, how dumb do you feel? <laughs> like, you got to feel like a dummy. You got to feel like Jay-Z when he got hit by Solange and he got caught on camera. Like, <laughs> you got to feel absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I just don't see what the plan was. Like, did you? Not, did they not do, like, a physical? Did they not do that in the NBA where it's like, hey, you need to – can we, no, like, see Ben – like did they, did they so they knew he wasn't going to play or like, like and that so it's been a couple weeks now but like when they finally shut him down they're like wait a minute you need to pass a physical before you can even join the team so what happened about it and then it just kind of fizzled out and we never heard about it again <laughs> but hmm. it it was a problem like because people. I know at least online people were like oh they need to reverse the trade I'm like, well I don't think they can do that. But there needs to be some type of penalty. Talking, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Reverse the trade. Reverse the ace. Hey, I didn't. I didn't save the game. Just restart. I didn't save. It's good. (laughs) Why? Why would you say that? Reverse the trade. You can't even do that. Like, but um, yeah, they were talking about it that he was hurt when he signed to the Nets, and then, like I said, it just kind of fizzled out, and no one ever heard of it again until. Earlier today, when they're like, "Oh, Ben Simmons got out of bed and hurt his back," I'm like, "All right, man, get this nigga out of here." 
Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a wrap. Like, I don't play basketball. I can get out of bed and hurt my back. You didn't do anything for a year either. But you got up and you hurt. Like, go, go just be a fan. It's okay. We will not be mad at you if you become upgraded to VIP spectator. But Vince, Vince Simmons and Kyrie are going to retire before LeBron does. Unfortunately. What, what's going to be scary right now, too, if in the event that uh, like a Katie and Kyrie do leave, a lot of these young teams are going to back to the LeBron Bronny thing. They're going to end up dumping a lot of these players to get these guys who are on their last couple years. Is it going to be worth it? Like to get a KD back on Golden State, what do you give up? Because that team is cooking. You give up Draymond and like who? Okay. I'm not saying that it's a great idea, but if you told me, if KD calls me and he's like, hey, man, I want to come play for Golden State, but because of the issues me and Draymond had, y'all got to get rid of him. I'm shipping Draymond out of there. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, but you, yeah, I agree. But I mean, like, you're not going to give up, like, the Wisemans and the Pools. And, you uh, give up Wiggins. And, and Match Wiggins, your salary. Right. I'm giving up everybody but my three guards. Uh, Steph. Jordan and uh, Clay, everybody else, um, they're they're on the table. I'm did Clay end up getting paid? Is he or is he in a contract yeah. here? No, he's, he he got paid. Like that, like him, him and Steph are locked up right now. I, I think remember. Draymond. I need to look up Draymond because I'm surprised they even they like Draymond's still like around and available. Because me, I would have traded. I I would have been the GM to trade Draymond a year early. Like I'd have he, he does do a lot. On the defensive end, passing the ball. I mean, I know he's not the scorer. To me, the the most obvious person that you would give up for any big ticket name would be Wiggins. Uh, Wiggins makes over twenty mil a year, so it's easier to match the salaries. Um, he's a good defensive player, and he he. But like when I look at Kaminga, who's the rookie from this year, they're very similar in their build and what they can do. And so I would just continue to develop Kaminga and get rid of Wiggins for whoever, um, whoever wants to come back. It's just I've seen what Draymond can do when he's by himself. Like when Steph and Clay ain't out there, I've seen what Draymond can do. Oh, he's and I'm not – yeah, he's, cool. he's not He's not a, 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 a number one that's – he's not He's not Chris Bosh. Like when Chris Bosh was the third option in Miami – but there were games where LeBron and Wade didn't play. And Bosh was like, all right, it's my, this is my – you know, I get a couple of games here. And Bosch would lead lead the team to a win. Like he was good because he's been a number one option before. So he can still be that again. Draymond's never been that. Not saying that Draymond is bad. He's great on defense, pushing the ball, locker room leader, blah, blah, blah. But he's also undersized. He also can't seem to shoot anymore. And he's getting older. Like next year, he's got a year, he's got two years on his contract with a player option, and he could be making $25 million next year, and then he has an option for 27. So it's like, do I want to pay Draymond Green that money, or do I want to find someone that's a little bit younger that you know maybe I can replace that skill set? Or yeah, because the second he loses a step, he's done. It's, that's it's a like one step, and he's done. He offers you nothing else but defense and passing. I think it was was it two years ago that both Clay and Steph were out when it was mm-hmm. yes, Draymond, or was that last year? No, that was last two year. years ago. Oh, well, yeah, my two years ago. That was some of the worst basketball I ever <laughs> saw in my life from him. He was awful. But he was trying to do the things that the three of them would do with just him. 
And I'm like, yeah, bro, bro, like you gotta stop shooting the three. Like you can't shoot. <laughs> and then you realize, like, yo, he can't really pass either. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the... when he, he's gonna make an excellent TNT uh, addition to inside the NBA, like uh, that's what needs to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's what needs to happen. Like the Warriors GM needs to come up to him and be like, "Hey guys, hey, we're, we're thinking about moving you. We can either trade you or you can just retire and go straight to TNT." Like, what do you want to do? Because we're we're ready to move on. Because I think it's obvious that the Warriors are pretty good for, at front office wise. That they're pretty good at their job. They found Jordan Poole. They found Gary Payton the second. Like, they're pretty good at developing these players. They have a good system. Like, if you 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 can, we're on Steph Curry's timeline right now. So we need to get we need to do the best to surround Steph Curry with the best players. And I I just don't think an older slower. Draymond Green is going to help you get, you know, possibly get another championship for Steph Curry. It's, I get you want to keep those three guys together, but it's just like, hey man, at some point we got to move on. We got to get better. We got to think about the team and not personality. Like, yeah, you trade Draymond, all of a sudden he's going to talk about it on his podcast. But I mean, if we win another championship, then who who really cares what he has to say? Take a pay cut. Then. Who cares to begin with, bro? It's yeah. just Draymond Green. What are you going to do? Beat your ass. <laughs> Right. My question, y'all. So, so this just real quick. So, back to the Bronny. So, okay, 2024, 2023 graduates. You have to do a year out, I believe, unless they uh, move it back down to fresh out of high school. So, it'll be 2024. Would you, as a GM, take him number one overall if no. you had all you got to do is give us the number one pick? You get Bronny and LeBron. Y'all wouldn't do no. it. LeBron's no. going to be. Closer to 40. Yeah, he'll be 40. And and Bronny, I'm not like no disrespect to Bronny. He's a good basketball player, but he's not number one overall pick worthy. <laughs> They're no, saying he, he might not be like lottery worthy. Yeah, he's I heard he's like top 20, top 30. He's, so like, yeah, why would I empty out my roster of proven young guys to be like, oh, this kid might be good, and here's his old dad. Let's see what we can do to put you can put butts in seats, but like and if that's your goal, to put butts in seats and to sell tickets and have people come see the spectacle of LeBron James and, and his son, then, yeah, do that. But if I'm Orlando, I call I call LeBron's bluff. I draft, I, I call his bluff. I draft Bronny, and you bring your <laughs> ass to Orlando because you said you'd never play for us. You bring your ass here. For sure. If I'm any team that, like, doesn't have anything to lose, yeah, I'm going to draft Bronny. Come on. Come on down to Charlotte. Sacramento, Sacramento, come I on down. Even, I wouldn't even put him on Charlotte. Like even that team got a little potential, but no, Orlando that would be hilarious. I'd actually like to see that now. I want to see Orlando do that, make that play, and be like, yeah, come on down, bro. You, you, you with us now? You want us? You said you weren't going to come down here. You said you hated the bubble. You said you hated Orlando. Now guess what? We have your child. It's going to be an episode of Taken. That's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Orlando's GM. <laughs> the 2024 NBA draft. Orlando Mag- the Orlando Magic selects Bronny James. And then now we get the draft night trade of LeBron begrudgingly packing his bags to go to Orlando. That'd be great. Because yeah. you're not winning anything. That, <laughs> yeah, that that's why I, I would love that just because my my undying hate for LeBron, like I like to see him suffer. So <laughs> now uh, you gotta make him finish his career in Orlando. Yeah, and make him finish his career in Orlando. And it's just gonna be nasty. I'm like, that's what I like. Because <laughs> Bronny ain't like like y'all say, like Bronny, I've watched a little bit of it and he's he's good, but 
he's an okay. He's what you expect from a high school basketball player. Yeah, like, like, and not for nothing. No. Team. The other one is actually better. Bryce, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah they say Bryce is better. Bryce is like he can ball. Like Bronny's like they're two different styles of uh, playing, but Bryce could be the one. It's like when they to, to put us on to Leangelo Ball, and everybody was like, "Watch out for Leangelo!" And it's like, for what? We already have Lonzo and Lamelo. Like, I have no reason to be looking at Leangelo. After he got caught stealing sunglasses or whatever he did, I knew not to give him any any time of day. So I'm like, he ain't got no damn sense. So I don't even want to watch him play. And now he's in the, the G League, D League, AAU. I don't, I don't know where he's at. <laughs> I think he was just in the AT and T commercial. I just saw AT and T commercial. So he, like, I don't know what he. He ain't playing basketball. But, I'm just saying, uh, I wouldn't spend any time on drafting Bronny James. I mean, not no. Again, no disrespect to Bronny, but if if it's a package deal of 18 year old Bronny James and 40 year old LeBron James. And I got three other really good guys that I can, you know, develop and make better over time. I'm not spending any time on Bronny James just to get LeBron. And whatever LeBron contracts come with, because they always yeah. got something in them that will just kind of screw your team in the long run. You're already screwed. That's why you're picking who he is, anyways. But easily. So we're going to. We're gonna move off. Of, we're not gonna do the uh, the Chris Paul thing just because I feel like they're gonna win this series, unfortunately. So I'm gonna have to save my Chris Paul agenda. Chris for, Paul, nope. For yeah, I'm gonna have to save my, my Chris Paul slander for later. So I'm gonna go. We're gonna go into the uh, content creator section. Um, so I'm a. Uh, I do uh, the Twitch thing. I've been playing Call of Duty for a little while. Uh, on Twitch, and I think the there was an update for Call of Duty, and I was like, you know what? I heard that a uh, Fortnite is doing this thing where they have a, a a no build mode where you just like you just play the game. Uh, if you want to play the game, as far as like the battle royale and you know running gun and stuff without the building elements in the game, then you can you have that option to play that now because I, I do remember when that game first came out. The main thing that I didn't like about it and what turned me off from it was the idea that I could just run up on somebody and try to, you know, go, you know, shoot them and all this other stuff. And they just all of a sudden build a 20 foot fort with, you know, buildings or whatever. And they're just gone. I just like, what what is this? Like, what are we doing here? I, I really didn't like it. And I kind of moved on from it. Now that they've kind of taken that away, I feel like a lot of the Call of Duty players are going to really uh, thrive in the no build mode that Fortnite has right now. Cause I know I did, I, I went through there first time I played cooked everybody, cooked everybody. There's nowhere for you to hide. Now these old, these old kids that have been cooking and, and winning in Fortnite these last couple of years, no more us call of duty players. We, we run this thing. now. This well, is now the point name. of it. <laughs> what? I, wasn't that the point of Fortnite? Like to build the things and then, do it maybe, maybe, but I didn't like it, and now it's gone. So now I'm back. I <laughs> so now I'm back. I don't. When I first started playing Fortnite, I did not build in Fortnite. Like I had to just rely on like being able, knowing my mechanics around like shooting games with like Grand Theft Auto and stuff. It fared well, 
Uh, but as soon as no build mode came out, I was I was smacking on twelve year olds. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm out here like owning people. I'm like, yeah, this is this is it for y'all. Y'all are done. Like this is, and I maybe it's more of a, a call to action for more uh, Call of Duty players to kind of not leave Call of Duty and go to Fortnite, but it's like, hey, just if you want a little change of pace, like if you go to Fortnite, you're gonna have some pretty good success. Like I I remember when I first started playing Fortnite, it was tough. It was tough for me to get a win. Now I'm like consistently top five now, like easy, no problem. Like these people, they have nowhere to hide. You can't build a little fort now. You're, you're now, now yeah, now you get caught out in the open. Now you butt naked. Now what are you gonna do? Just take the L, bro. Just take the L. You're done. You're done in these streets. Fortnite. The grown ups are coming back to Fortnite. That's what's happening. The grown ups that had a hard time building those little whatever those things are are now back, and now you have to deal with us and our shit talking. Did uh, did y'all see that there's Wu Tang skins in Fortnite now or something? I have the uh Prowler skin on there now, but I, I know they have like a lot. I like I haven't been on Fortnite in years, so I don't know what other uh yeah, I just are saw out there. Like yesterday or a couple days ago, that there's like Wu Tang skins now after the whole thing with Travis. I, I don't know if they actually ended up pulling his character. Um, but I saw that there's Wu-Tang characters or skins now, which could be cool, I guess. But I promised myself that I would never buy anything in that game. Like none of I'm not I'm I'm not using the money that I go to my actual adult job to purchase anything <laughs> in that platform. Uh. That, that's how I was with uh with Roblox my godson plays that and he was always like oh you gotta get this you gotta get this and then come to find out you gotta actually spend real money and I'm like wait hold yes. the hell up I, am, I gotta spend like my hard earned money on this bullshit V-Bucks? did it one time I would never do it again count me out <laughs> we all been there before so um, appreciate everybody for listening appreciate everybody in the chat appreciate uh Rev and uh, I got a gram for popping up. Appreciate uh tech for fighting through his 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 injury here, whatever he's going on, go, got going on. I don't know if he's still there if he wants to to close this out. But uh do you did you guys have any uh shout outs or you know you know what we haven't done in a while? Song of the week. Anybody got a song of the week they want to put out? Um yeah, actually a whole project. Um Alex Isley, who I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about here before, but Alex Isley, if you don't know who she is. Um, she is the niece of Ron Isley. Um, and I really wish I remember her father's name and it was in my head and it's gone now, but her dad is also a part of the Isley brothers. Um, she makes really great music. She had a recent album come out called Marigold. Um, it's like, it's probably Alex Isley is probably one of the most like underrated, really great singles that there is right now. Um, so I implore everybody to go listen to Alex Isley. Um, there's a song with Boss on there. It's a joint album between her and Jack Dine. Um, but That's a good favorite, album. Yes. yes. My favorite song on the album is uh, Love Again. Like, I love a good mushy song. And that is like the perfect mushy song. So shout out to Alex Isley, Jack Dine, and uh, Marigold. I'm actually extremely upset at this. Um, so this week I ran across 
Somehow I was on TikTok. I ran across Ain't No Fun by Snoop Dogg. And I remember last week they said he had pulled all his all of his death row stuff off of uh, various platforms. And I went to look and Doggy Style is gone. I'm so pissed off by that. Um, so that was going to be my song of the week. But I'm actually going to, for the first time in this podcast and probably any podcast history, my song of the week is Silk the Shaka. <laughs> you heard it right. Silk the Shaka. Just be straight with me. That is a classic song. I love that beat. I love the original song. I came on today like just randomly. I was like, damn, I remember this song was so tight. Even though he's rapping way off beat, but um, Snoop Dogg. Like every song. Yeah, he, yeah, I yeah, he, I don't. I don't know what. I, I don't know who taught him how to rap, but yeah, he Master P, who also can't rap. But at least he's on beat, and see, murder is on beat. He just be open the shows, open the doors, and it's like slow it down. Like what the fuck are you doing? But yeah, Snoop Dogg really pissed me off with um removing Doggy Style, one of the all-time great rap albums. Uh, please bring it back to Apple Music because I do not feel like subscribing to. Death Row music or whatever it is you're trying to do, homie. Um, thank y'all for uh, definitely thank you both for coming on. Um, especially you, Rev, you know, with because uh, you came on in the beginning, you know, I was sick and you've been here the last both of you've been here the last few weeks. So I definitely thank you both for the bottom from the bottom of my heart for uh filling in for myself and South Breeze. You guys will always be honorary members of uh the committee podcast. Uh, keep that same energy podcast whatever we grow to you guys will always be there with us so shout out to you shout out to everybody else that always comes through no problem drink some Sprite thank you rest. <laughs> um, so the one the song I'm going to pick I actually just heard it and I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the two collabing um, it's two step by Ed Sheeran and Lil Baby. Oh, uh, that was tight. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was tight. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, oh. it, it caught me off guard because uh, it brought me back. I think it was maybe three years ago now. Ed Sheeran did a collab album with a bunch of different artists, like rappers, singers. And I was like, all right, well, I know he got that kind of, that little, where he appreciates a lot of other music. So. Um, it's, that was one of my favorite albums. So hearing this, I'm like, I'm tired of hearing Lil Baby. I, I, he he's just everywhere, and the agenda is growing. The agenda is growing. I, I, I'm not gonna lie though, it's a good song. It's a really good song. And I was uh, driving with some people, and I played it, and they're like, "Oh, Ed Sheeran and Lil Baby." I said, "Listen, got me too." So uh, yeah, my song is Two Step, the Two Step Remix, because there's an original with just Ed Sheeran. Um, the two step remix with Ed Sheeran and Lil Baby. Uh, my song is going to be from a, another joint album from Wiz Khalifa and Big Crit, two artists that I didn't know were making music together like that. And apparently, they do, they have great chemistry. I, I would like more of this if uh, Crit and Wiz are listening. I would like a part two of a full court press. The uh, song I'm gonna go with is No Singles, it's a very fun uh party record and yeah big crit was Cleveland. 
All right. So any closing shout outs before we wrap this thing on up? Eating five. Shout out to my nuggets taking that, that W today. Three more. Don't worry. You'll get the gentleman sweeping five as well. Don't uh, come on my mentions with that. <laughs> don't don't come my mentions with that. Uh, shout out to Devin Booker. I know that right now you um are not seeing the light and you're dating white women, but remember that you are from Mississippi and you are at least half black. So whenever you decide to come back to your roots, I'm here. <laughs> you just got another another tower between Tatum and Booker. <laughs> The Kenya Bears uh, kids every every week. Shout out to them. No, I, J, me and Jason Tatum. Can, I'm not gonna say it because I don't. Want to, <laughs> I'm not gonna jinx myself. Maybe he might DM me. He's never gonna DM me. Almost positive he also likes white women. So. Mm. I don't know. Like, he, well, that kid. I don't know. Yeah, he might be right. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? One last thing. What the hell is going on with that video the South Breeze tagged us in with with, with these black women and being picked up by the collars? What the hell's wrong with that? That that massive nonsense. Last diatribe. Look, my black ladies, like especially my dark skinned sisters, I know it's tough for us out here. People like to deny the, the, the like effect that colorism has on your dating life. And some of us, some of y'all, not me, I'm not one of y'all. Some of y'all find solace in white men liking y'all. And what I'm going to tell y'all is ain't nothing funny about letting your white man call be called Massa on the internet. You look dumb. You look weird. You look goofy. Stop it. Date your white man in peace. Okay? Don't leave us out of it. <laughs> yeah, now that, that trend, whatever, that, I saw that earlier today, and I'm like, what? what is going on? And they just kept pulling him up and saying Massa, and the song behind it didn't I can't remember the song, but I'm like, this is a fire song. How did it end up here? Y'all look stupid. <laughs> we gotta get rid of TikTok. I would start fighting TikTokers, man. They they just ruining everything. Yeah, they yeah, it's it's a little bit too much going on. Well, anyway, I am South Breeze 601, and I'm gonna be signing out. Everybody have a good night, and um don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. Be careful of the baby, he might punch you. <sighs> what the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>